So if there is one thing I could go back and change from style history, it would be the prevalence of the short back and sides on the male <laughs> head. There has been nothing more uniquely frustrating for me to experience than the last couple of years having every single barber, hairdresser, stylist I have ever visited give me the exact same fucking haircut despite asking for different things every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wear my hair long. And if you go back and watch my early videos, you'll see I like to wear it long. Maybe it wasn't styled the best, but I like to wear it long. It's how I feel comfortable. Yeah. I like having it a bit long because I like having something I can, some lengths so I can do something with it. Of course, yeah. And that's your choice. And I'll, and I'll go into the barber and I'll look. I know it's a mess, but I, I wear it long. So I just trim the little bits of a side, put some style in it, just put like, you know, feather the edges a little bit, take some of the weight off the top. Yeah. Otherwise, you can leave it as it is. And for some reason, that sentence in every single barber, stylist, and hairdresser's head is just short back and sides. <laughs> every single... They give me the exact same fucking haircut every single time, and it pisses me off to no end. I don't understand what I'm saying wrong, and I even went into a barber's and I asked him, look... I came into this one last time. One of your colleagues did not give me the haircut I wanted. I le- I like it long. And I showed them a picture of what my head looked like. Yeah, yeah. And when here's a haircut, I want it like this. Style it to look like this. And they give me short back and sides again. <laughs> I was like, the fuck is wrong with people now? It's like, I don't want to look like a knobhead. And I think a lot of it, because I experienced a similar thing where, okay, I get short back and sides, but I wear it messy on the top and a bit longer. And yes. I just don't think... Like messy hair is in style, and it's you, that I'm automatic assumption of like, oh well, he said messy, but that means I'm going to perfectly sculpt his head. It's like no, what it messy? So the one with the what the only thing is I got a sideburns like that. So if I don't, I need to grow my hair longer on the sides. So it's just that shape, that framing of my face. Yeah. Otherwise, it just looks like I've only got hair on top. Mm-hmm. So I've got a big massive square Lego head, and I <laughs> tell them this every time I say, look. I'm so fucking sick of looking like a Gallagher brother. Oh, every God, time, yeah. because it'll grow out and it grows out in a straight line because you cut it in a perfect fucking straight line every time. Mm-hmm. Say no more, mate. Gets the clippers out. Oh. Well, now you've done it on one side. I can't, they do it so slowly that you don't notice. Mm. Like, they'll trim the top and go, yeah, is it looking good? Is it looking good? And they'll like comb it and then they'll trick you because you're feeling like a bit relaxed and then they'll get the clippers out and just go... Zoom. Well, that's what so, I was going to say is I kind of find a, a lot of people are similar that I've spoken to kind of find getting my hair cut is quite a zen experience it's not that I, it's the most stressful and, thing in the world well, for me well no like more just I, I can zone out and just relax and I don't tend to be like talkative to strangers in general so I'm not very talkative with whoever cuts my hair unless I know them but um, yeah I, I kind of get caught off guard because I get into that like relaxed state where I'm not paying too much attention. I'm just in my own thoughts. No, I'm the most on edge ever, and I've got to the point where I've argued with barbers, and it's, I probably shouldn't. It's the only time I ever feel ripped off because like, I've got to pay you for this. Yeah. But like, cut a massive chunk of my hair off, and I didn't ask it for that. And go, um, you asked for it to be tidied up, and I went, yeah, but I said I told you I wear it long. The one thing I was yeah, but you wanted it. It's like, oh, like I, I know you're not. A, a confrontational person. I'm not, and it really annoys me because I have to do that, and they always go, well, you said you wanted it tidied up. Yeah, but I said I wanted it tidied up on the top, 
Yeah. I want you to cut the weight out because it's a fucking awful mess. I want you to just trim the sides, cut the dead ends off, and you've give me a, you give me the same haircut as you've got. Yeah. That's what annoys me about it. It's like, you've given me your haircut. Mm. I don't want your haircut. I'm not you. Now, I've even gone to the point of showing them a picture of me and saying, I want to look like this. <laughs> Cut it like this and they give me short back and sides. Like, are you fucking blind? You're cutting hair. You're wielding a knife next to someone's head and you can't tell the difference between two images. It's like, oh, God. I, I'd go back and change it if I could. Because yeah. I have been through everything from like the four pound supercuts barbers to a high end salon where it's like 40 quid for a haircut and they give me the exact same haircut every time. <laughs> and it annoys the evolution shit about. But anyway, and the reason I'm talking about that is because I got a haircut this week. And not a good one, which makes it even worse because I've waited, for, I grew it out for four months. And Carl's finally ready to have long hair and they just fuck it up anyway. It's the only problem I had is that I'm on video all the time so I can never have an excuse for letting it grow too long. And I finally managed to let it all grow out so I think now it's long enough to go put some... I can style it to be the style it was when I was back in college because I like that haircut. Mm-hmm. And they fucked it up in five seconds by getting the clippers out and just cutting a huge chunk. It's like, fucking... Great, thanks. And then they join the show the picture of the back of your head. Oh, they yeah. it up. And you look at it and you just go, ideal. Oh, I look like I work in an office. Great. Thanks. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, so anyway, yeah, well, welcome to episode 38. 38, you got it. You got it, Carl. As, as per usual, I'm joined by my friend Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Uh, oh, God, I didn't think of one today. Uh, I'll just Aha, so you didn't prepare. I didn't prepare. Hola, hola. And um, what are you drinking today, Monfra? Uh So I have a combination with me today. I have a lovely coffee to perk me up a bit. And mm. I also have a Brothers Toffee Apple Cider. Oh, you, you cheeky boy. Yes, oh, I've, got, <laughs> I've got a combination as well. I've got um, gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most famous of all combos is a twist of lemon and um, a few ice cubes in there. Oh, nice. And that's delicious. But like, I woke up this morning, showing you get there, I just felt so elated from like finally I've had an haircut. And then when I woke up this morning, I looked in the mirror after my shower and went, I've got no hair. <laughs> He's cut it all off. They've given me these, and I looked, and like, they've done it again. They've got me. Yeah. They've got me, Lucas. They've given me, like, the only opportunity I'm possibly ever going to have again for the rest of my life to grow up my hair without people commenting on it. So I can get it styled finally. I mean, I know me. you're on video, but I, you literally implore yourself. You can have whatever hair you fucking want. I can, yeah, but I just feel uncomfortable when it's like in that mid-stage. Yeah, of course. So that's frustrating me. Well, at least I'm feeling a bit more just normal. I feel a bit lighter. At the very least, I can actually run some product through it and style it in some way. I but, am not feeling that at the moment because I haven't gone for a, like, you know, the end of lockdown haircut yet and I'm going to put it off for a while because pubs have just reopened and I don't trust the public yeah I was very lucky um, because the one I went to I um, I walked past it when I was out for a a social distancing walk with my dad Mm -hmm. I walked past this barbers and he went oh you can book online if you're booking online that means they're not taking walk-ins which means you're not going to get a knobhead walking off the street yeah and I managed to just I just checked on a whim yesterday morning I went oh they've got a a booking for half an hour might as well just grab that Mm -hmm. go in and just get a trim but, oh man, like, well, I'm sat there because you've got to keep your mask on and they took my temperature. So, thankfully, I've not got the coronavirus. That's nice. It was nice to get confirmed that I don't have a deadly disease and get a haircut on the same day. It's good even to know the that, haircut, like, the taking temperature and stuff like that. Um, even though the haircut wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it's better than yeah. the mess it was, so I've got to be thankful for that at least. And um, while I'm sat there, because the door's open, they're leaving the door open to get some wind coming through. They're wearing um, uh, 
they're wearing masks and people who haven't got masks they're handing out masks to people on the door so it's like oh yeah this seems like it's a fairly slick operation mm-hmm. maybe I don't need to get a haircut this isn't an essential service but I, feel, I, I just I'd feel so much better with one and at yeah. least they're taking the precautions required and then just halfway through my cut it happened and it is guy walks in off the street <sighs> and tries to sit down and like all the barbers look at each other and they all turn to the oldest and largest looking barber. <laughs> and he's this old ass man with like a little pot belly. Yeah. And he just goes, because he knows. Because he knows he's like the biggest one there. So he's the one who has to tell. And he's like, look, mate, uh, we're not taking walk-ins. Have you got a booking? He goes, no, I want to get an haircut. And he goes, unfortunately, you've got to make a booking. Because it's not, not going to take long. It's not about it taking long. So you've got a booking. Also, you need to wear a mask when you come in. There's masks at the front. Can you please put a mask on? I'm not putting a mask on. Oh. God, and, I just, and you do that thing where like or everyone like just very slowly just like try to move their hand towards their heads but it's like this yeah. might this is gonna either end up being really bad mm-hmm. or he's gonna storm out and thankfully the guy stormed out but you could tell in his head he's doing the math of is it worth throwing a paddy right now yeah to get my hair cut but like you could just tell from the tone of his voice and the guy said to him look as well can you please wear a mask and he even said there's ones for free at the opening of the store. And the guy's like, I'm not wearing a mask. It's like, oh, he's one of them. He's one of them dickheads. Yeah. It's like, can you please take the most basic precautions to safeguard other lives? No. You can't do it. And it's it's crazy. And I feel so bad for people I've heard from who work in shops and stuff. And just asking people to wear a mask is the most tense thing you'll ever experience because you don't know if the person's going to be like, oh, oh sure, sure, that's fine. No problem. I'll put one on now. Or can, have you got one for me? They'll hand it over. Or the person takes it, like you, the person reacts like you walked in on Christmas morning and pissed on the kids. <laughs> and it's like, they, they look like you've just told them to go and fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. And it is, a, you're walking on a knife's edge because you don't know, because you have no idea how the person's going to respond to that simple request of, can you please give a shit about other people? <laughs> it's very telling that some people's response to that is like just very indignantly like, no. And I think, again, I mentioned the pubs have reopened and I think we can see how little some people give a shit about other people's lives. Oh, it's insane. Uh, so I live in Sheffield, so quite a big city. I'm guessing your city is even worse because I'm in Liverpool. But um, uh, I heard that from people I know who live a bit close to town. Hmm. Yeah, I went in to go to a shop to get some milk. I went in early in the morning thinking, I'll go early in the morning, so um, I won't bump into any people. Mm-hmm. Some of the pubs opened at 8am, and there were people queuing outside of pubs. Oh, yeah, yeah. From half past seven in the morning to oh. get a pint. And I immediately, on that day... um. I ended up like walking to like my local supermarket mm-hmm. and not really thinking about it. But I went a bit later in the day anyway, so I was like, it'll be a bit quieter. Um, and just the amount of people walking down the road just leathered, and I was like, it's it's like seven o'clock, and everyone was just like staggering down the roads. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with everyone? It's really depressing as well because I saw there was an interview with a bloke. It's like his first time going to a pub in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And the guy sat there and goes, oh, so, sir, what was it like having your first pint? It's like, oh, I've been waiting for this moment for months. 
it's, it's one of the best experiences ever. I've never felt so happy. And like they pan the camera over and his wife sat next to him. Oh, no. It's like, what a sad, lonely bastard. What, like, how little do you have going on in your life where not being able to go to the pub to sit with the people you live in the same house as and drink without talking to them is an experience that you've missed. That's the worst part, is because a lot of people I've seen have been going to pubs with people they live with and going, oh, this is amazing. It's like you can literally buy like a crate of beer or whatever you want from the local supermarket and do the same in your own house for cheaper. Yeah, and you can't go to someone else's house though. Well, you can go to like one house. Yeah, that's the thing that I found hilarious where it was summed up. Uh, I think it was Nisha. She went, yeah, I can't go visit my mum, but we could go to Alton Towers and ride Oblivion together if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe the message here is not very strong. Or another way I saw it summed up is um, you can't visit members of your family if you've been to another house in the last two weeks, but you can go to Weatherspoons at 6am and get fucking annihilated. <laughs> and that's the issue is because, I mean, not to go on too much of a tangent, but it's very clear where the priorities of like, the government are lying in the sake of, well, we're keeping the economy alive instead of prioritising people's like enjoyment and lives. And it's like, okay, well, you want to keep spoons open, but you won't let me go see like my mum. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's in- immensely frustrating because I was like walking down the street with my dad mm-hmm. uh, on the day that they all opened, but it was about five o'clock in the evening, so he just managed to miss at the morning rush and just before the evening rush started. Yeah. And I'm wearing a mask and I'm getting people like leering and making comments as they're coming out of the pubs. Yeah. Of, because I'm wearing a mask. Because I'm there with my dad who works in a sector that involves vulnerable people. Exactly. And my dad is like nervously trying to shuffle around people because he doesn't want to get within the like the distance because he's scared mm-hmm. that he might die because he's like in his 50s. It's like... Yeah. I just went to go for a walk with my dad and I'm terrified. I can't walk down the street. Literally cannot walk down the street. It and it's genuinely is scary how little it's some upsetting. people give a shit. And it's like that moment where I'm sat down, like I said, like from the way I talked about it, it wasn't enjoyable, but I do feel better that I have like, some sense of normalcy. I've got a trim. I feel just like more, like I can style my hair. I just feel a bit more normal. And then uh, as I was talking to the barber about it, because he's like got the full face mask on and he's wearing like the plastic shield over his face. Yeah. And oh, so this is like going to be the new normal for you for a couple of months, then, isn't it? So you're gonna have you're gonna be a surgeon by the end of this, cutting around people's masks. Hmm. So like you've got scissors and you don't actually accidentally cut the string or anything like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, of course, it's gonna be the new normal. And he was talking about how he had loads of his friends messaging him over lockdown, going, "Oh, come on, mate, just pop round to my house and give me a trim. Oh, I'll pay you." And he's like, "Of course you're gonna fucking pay me, but now, oh, come on, be a mate." It's like. You be a mate and don't ask me to risk my life so you can get a fucking haircut. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he was really irate about it. He was like, I can't visit my mum, but they're, at, but they're expecting me to go around and give them an haircut for a discount as well. They want you yeah, mates' rates. Yeah, of course they want mates' rates. On yeah. top of everything. They want me to risk my life for mates' rates. It's like, you can bollocks. And then seeing that guy stumble in, it's like, can you please wear a mask, sir? And just that look of indignation on his face of how the fuck, or how dare you tell me what to do? Yeah. It's like, I really don't know how, how to word it differently that you should just care about other people. <laughs> like it's, I don't understand how much clearer we can make it. No. That maybe you should care about other people. It's, it's, yeah, it's not great. 
And that, that was my week. That's the only thing I did of any note this week is go get a haircut. And it was the most stressful moment of my entire life. Fair enough. You yeah. just sat there and you see all like, the people outside hovering around, not wearing masks, thinking, can I go in for it? Is it walking? Can I sit down? Mm-hmm. And just like that, that burly barber I mentioned earlier, so that the door's going, sorry, lads. Um, online bookings only. And you're like, oh, thank God. Thank God they've got this burly barber to protect me. <laughs> if only we all did, Carl. If only we all did. You just know he's having a rough day as well. Cause it's like, this is going to be my life for the next... You can just see it in his eyes that he knows this is my life for the next three months. It's true. It's true. De- gonna... Dealing with indignant knobheads who can't accept... Look, the world has changed. You can, we're going to do things differently now. Like it, I'll lump it. Exactly. And I think it's just so short-sighted for people to be like, oh, well, yeah, we're going back to normal now, aren't we? It's like, things have got to change. We can't just go back to exactly how things were and expect everything to be fine. You can't. You're going to be able to die. I mean, yeah, sure. So the the best bit about it is, like, even the pubs that are letting people in, uh, they're doing the thing of, like, look, we need to know who the fuck you are and where you live. Because if we get a case of coronavirus in the pub, we have to notify everybody who came in. Yeah. And people are getting like, whoa, 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 no one told me about that. It's like, it's like okay, then go home. It's like, what, what did you expect? Yeah. Are we going to let anybody... Like, well, I'm not giving my personal information. Like, I'm sorry, sir, then you can't come in. And oh, then they're getting God. mad about it. So what do you mean I can't come in? You can't. you just got to tell us your name and address. Because we need to be able to notify you. Well, I didn't know there was any risk involved. It's like, you're going out, so it's like, oh! You're going out in the middle of a pandemic to go and have a fucking pint. I saw a great one. It was uh, a breakdown at a gaming forum that I'm on sometimes. It's like, has anyone noticed that Nintendo's like, Nintendo have been oddly quiet for these last few months? Mm. Has anyone got any ideas about what's up with that? And the top response is, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Yep. I'm just going to let that sit for a moment where someone's genuinely wondering, why have they been so quiet the last few months that like, their entire workforce is working from home? Also, <laughs> like, bear in mind... How dense can you be? Um, because of the way like Japanese biz- business culture is, apparently most of the big Japanese companies had no precautions for working from home. Not really, no. Um, so it hit them like a fucking truck and everything just had to stop dead for a while plus as well not a lot of japanese but as like as advanced as japan is considered to be um they do a lot of stuff the old school way uh, for example my friend who lived over there for a while told me that they still release versions of windows 98 and they still on and windows oh, sorry windows 10 on floppy disks because um, japanese companies look after their equipment so well that they still use floppy disks because oh why God. would we ever need why would we ever need to stop using floppy disks? They work fine and all our machinery is maintained well. So they release updates for like stuff like Windows 8, Windows 7, Windows 10, whatever they have to be using on floppy disks specifically for Japan, because so many businesses still use them. What the hell? And they still use faxes and things like that. I mean, I've I've heard of people using fax machines still occasionally. Mm-hmm. But boggles my mind that anyone's using floppy disks still yeah because like, they maintain everything so well and they've worked for the pa- they've worked so far why would we change and there's like you get similar stuff with the military um, you think the military how much money it gets hmm. would be on the bleeding edge of what technology is but for the most part almost every military like piece of military infrastructure 
runs on Windows XP or older. Because if you think the cost of overhauling an entire system yeah. that is completely closed off and 100% confidential is a massive undertaking, that's almost impossible to manage on the scale that it needs to be done. So Microsoft still maintains versions of Windows XP. I think it's they get paid a million dollars a year by the American government mm-hmm. to release updates for Windows XP because that's what all the Pentagon's computers run on. Oh, wow. And as a side effect of being so old... Um, the Pentagon is known as being virtually unhackable because most viruses are released on modern hardware. <laughs> so just by the nature of being so old school and so archaic, there's no vi- way to hack into it. Because there's no people creating viruses for like XP anymore. No, and it's similar to um, nuclear submarines. Nuclear submarines still use um, versions of Windows 98 or Windows XP. Yeah. Because the cost of overhauling the system is so much that it's cheaper to just pay Microsoft to just keep maintaining XP. I always find it funny when um, I found out, oh, like, you know, here's a video of someone in the army just controlling a drone, and it's like an Xbox 360 controller that they picked up for 40 quid. Yeah, because it's cheaper. Like, they could develop like, okay. a, The explanation for that is we could develop a purpose-made piece of technology to do it Yeah. and spend millions, if not billions of dollars, like, designing and making it. But we can just buy a off-the-shelf Xbox 360 controller for £30, £40. And it's intuitive to use. And most um, soldiers under the age of 20 would know instinctively how it works. Mm-hmm. And I saw so f- a lot of stuff with um, money? similar kind of idea with Kinect of like, well, why would we have these like cameras that are thousands of dollars that sense 3D tracking when the Kinect does the exact same thing and is pretty good at it? And it's 200 quid. Yeah. And they strap into like bomb searching robots and things like that. Exactly, yeah. And it does genuinely work and it's a good piece of technology. Which the thing is, like, why would we spend the money? And that's why you have like the military did like cost analysis of um, upgrading the entirety of the Pentagon would cost several billion. Or we can keep our old hardware, it's maintained pretty well, because it's mm-hmm. the Pentagon, and just pay Microsoft money to keep updating Windows XP. Also, can you imagine the amount of money they would spend on just retraining to work uh, with a different system? And then as well, you've got to completely destroy every old piece of equipment. Yeah. So not only like nothing is reusable, you can recoup none of your costs. So yeah, for that reason, it's still in Japan where why would we... It's cheaper on paper to keep using the old thing and just pay the company extra money to continue maintaining it than it is to completely overhaul the entire system retrain and reload everything I guess that's fair enough yeah so they still have um, the latest software on floppy disk over there so that's crazy I'm just surprised that like I presume they've upgraded it over time but just the idea that floppy disks would have the space because obviously um, floppy disk back in the day there's probably had... different versions of it but yeah they still release Very updates and stuff on floppy disks mm-hmm and sometimes the lo-fi option is just quicker. And there's a couple of famous stories about that. Uh, one that I was made aware of recently was um, that when they were compiling a picture of a black hole, I think it was, uh, by stitching together like literally every photo taken of that area of sky by all the satellites in orbit. Um, bear in mind, those photos are massive. And they yeah. said it took like several petabytes of uh, data, which is like a thousand, thousand terabytes, something stupid like that. Uh, They worked out it would be quicker and cheaper 
um, to just put all the hard drives that contain the images onto a plane and fly the plane across the country to where they needed to be and then just give, deliver them to the place where the images were being stitched together, then upload them <laughs> and transfer them via the internet. Because if they flew them across the country, they worked out that we're getting a um, a, a representative, uh, not representative, an equivalent data transfer rate of a thousand gigabytes a second. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you take into account, it takes like say four or five hours to fly this many hard drives over the country. Mm-hmm. If we, that's the equivalent of a thousand gigabytes a second transfer rate. <laughs> and I went, well, it was cheaper and quicker, so we just did that instead. And then there was something else where it's in um, Africa because the internet there is so slow. Um, yeah. There is a service where, a data transfer service where they strap um, um, USB drives to pigeons. Oh, right. So rather than, like, say if you've got a couple gigs worth of data, mm-hmm. um, it's literally quicker and cheaper to strap it to a pigeon, <laughs> make the pigeon fly to the location, and then drop the physical data off than it is to upload it and transfer it via their like painfully slow internet. Yeah, yeah. So pigeons are faster. The fastest way to transfer data is the pigeons. <laughs> and that's just like, yeah, it's just like, it sounds stupid as you realize. It's faster. It's faster to do it this way. Yeah. Oh, it God, sounds stupid. Ridiculous. It is. It's quicker to just use pigeons. It's just think, even if you've got like a couple of terabytes... Oh, you need a couple of pigeons. <laughs> Just get ten pigeons done, oh, and the God. pigeons can get. And if the pigeons can get there in half an hour, that's the kind of data transfer I want to see. Yeah, and it works out like there. Um, I'll try and find, I'll be gonna look this up next. It's really fucking funny. Uh, so people get to do my, hear the classic. I want to double check the actual transfer speeds are comparable to what you get on like high end consumer grade internet. So. <laughs> Because okay, we, I, we, I felt that pain of being on internet in my old flat that was, I think, like 0.0 something meg upload and trying mm-hmm. to get YouTube videos uploaded. And to the Just same point, I used to come to the Fat Fiend office about a three hour trip away with all my videos and go, Carl, I'm uploading them here. Because <laughs> I'd just bulk, bulk or like edit my videos and bring them to Carl's office physically while we were going to record mm-hmm. and just go, I'm uploading all my YouTube videos on your internet at the office. Because, because, yeah, because it was literally, literally faster quicker. to get a train over to Sheffield and <laughs> upload them on my faster internet than it was to do it on your house. Yeah. And it's a similar thing here. So we have a, a story here. This is from uh, Reuters, or Reuters, depending on how you want to pronounce that. Pigeon transfer data faster than South Africa's leading telecom provider. <laughs> so Johannesburg, a South African information technology company on Wednesday, proved it was faster for them to transmit data with a pigeon than it was to send it using Telcom, the country's leading internet service provider. <laughs> uh, local news agency SAPA, or S-A-P-A, reported the 11-month-old pigeon, Winston, took one hour and eight minutes to fly the 80-kilometer, 50-mile journey from unlimited IT's officers... Uh, near Petersburg, uh, to the coastal city of Durban with a data card strapped to his leg. Including download, the transfer took only two hours, uh, six minutes and 57 seconds. Um, <laughs> the time it took only 4% of the data to be transferred using telecom. <laughs> <laughs> so making it over 20 times faster to use a pigeon. <laughs> and can you imagine the adverts for that now? Because yeah. apparently like, 
this was a, a publicity stunt, but there are places where they do this legit, and it's called Feathernet. Yeah. It's like it's a lo-fi solution, but it's really, really useful because one, it's faster, and two, it's a lot more secure because you can't hack a pigeon. I mean, and and they fly so high and so quickly, it's almost they're almost impossible to catch. I was gonna say if you were able to track down which pigeon you were after, mm-hmm. and then what shoot the pigeon out of the sky without but, yeah. harming the data like itself, and then find the data when it drops, it's like that's uh, probably as much, if not more, effort than hacking something. It is, yeah, and because it's like it's completely insulated from any outside influence it's, mm-hmm. it's really really safe and i'm just imagining the adverts for it of oh yeah do you want faster data upload speeds and they just say well like here's our solution it's the pigeon <laughs> it's like it says it's literally over 20 times faster to use a fucking pigeon right carl i'm gonna buy some pigeons i'll get my uh data data across to you that way like, so send me the video files for Wiki Weekend to be a pigeon next time. It would be pretty fast. Like, carrier pigeons can go really, really fast. They've well, even got a Wikipedia yeah. page about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's a proposal. It's called IP over AV and characters. Or AV and carriers, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't be, like, your fucking internet speeds. Well, it's not, but it's just really funny. But like, yeah, that it's... is amazing. Oh. I've just noticed this. Uh, they're saying that uh, sometimes it results in packet loss, which means oh, you might lose your data. And there's this, oh, an example of packet loss, and it's a picture of a pigeon that's at a window. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, so we've got I a mean, few stories here. So we have um, other avian data transfer methods. So um, we have uh, rafting photographers already use pigeons as a sneaker net to transfer digital photos on flash media from the camera to the tour operator. Oh. Oh. So like when you wrap like river rafting or something like that, and yeah. they take photos there, they'll send a pigeon back with the memory cards so they can be uploaded by the time you get back. Oh, well. And it says here that um, uh, over a 30-mile distance, a single pigeon may able to carry 10 gigabytes of data in around an hour. <laughs> Which doesn't sound very fast, but it's a lot faster than your phone would be able to upload it. It's just weird to me that it's a specific amount of data. Because I'm like, well, surely it's just whatever... The USB. pigeon can carry. But surely if you had, like, I don't know, a, an SD card that's got two terabytes on it, it could carry an SD card, right? Yeah, they can. But bear in mind, this, um, these are probably just, like, cameras. So and cameras can only have a certain amount of memory in them. So if you want to try to remember, yeah. in the office, where I bought <laughs> re- those ultra-high-capacity memory cards, yeah, and the camera won't work with them because there's too much memory. It was just like, no, we need only like 32 gig one in the, because uh, it was the audio one, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was that like only is... 32 gigs. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> so we have one here on March 12th, 20, uh, 2004, um, Yossi Vardy, uh, Ami Ben Basat and Guy Vardy sent three homing pigeons a distance of 100 kilometers, carrying 20 to 22 tiny memory cards containing 1.3 gig of data, um, uh, amounting to a total of four gigs of data and achieving an effective... Um, throughput of 2.2 megabits, uh, 2.27 megabits per second. And that's the thing is, that doesn't sound like a lot, but compared to areas with bad internet, or that's no really internet, good. that's well, really fucking good. For reference, 2 megabits per second is enough to stream Netflix. It is, yeah. Yeah, um, is the rough way it's put. Like 2 megabits per second is enough to um, stream uh, video. 
not in HD, but just streaming like 720. Yeah. Um, yeah. That 4, 5 is enough to do it in HD, and then 10 is enough to online game. So if you could get a, a stream, an endless stream of pigeons coming to your house, you could get <laughs> Netflix by pigeons. Obviously, that's not the way it works, because it's just, it's a, it's just what it would be if you transfer the data over like a, a wire or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, a so, comparable speed. But yeah, obviously you can't transfer like Netflix images through pigeons. And we have um, the story we just covered here, and that was took place in two thousand nine as well. Oh wow! So that'll, that'll point to reference like it was two thousand nine, so the internet has like moved on since then. So um, another one um, in November of two thousand nine, an Australian company, um, sorry, an Australian comedy current affairs television program called Hungry Beast repeated the experiment. The Hungry Beast team took up the challenge after a theory parliament session wherein the government of the time blasted the opposition for not supporting telecommunications investments. <laughs> so, uh, if people don't know, over in Australia, their internet is infamously awful. Apparently so, yeah. Australian internet is fucking horrendous, and that's what these guys were hoping to prove. So, the Hungry Beast team had read about the South African experiment and assumed that as a developed Western country, Australia would have higher speeds. And you think that, wouldn't you? If you told, like, a, a proud Australian man, do you think we've got faster internet than bumfuck nowhere South Africa. They're probably like, of course we do. And of course we've got good internet. Apparently not. Apparently it's just Let's find out. awful. So, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, the experiment had the team transfer a 700 megabyte file via three delivery methods. Determine which was fastest. A carrier pigeon with a micro SD card, a car carrying a USB stick, <laughs> and a Telstra, um, Australia's largest telecom provider, ADSL line. The data was to be transferred from Tirana in rural New South Wales to Western Sydney. Uh, New South Wales, a distance of 132 kilometres by road, um, approximately. So approximately halfway through the race, the internet connection unexpectedly dropped and the transfer had to be restarted. <laughs> the pigeon won the race with a time of approximately one hour, five minutes. The car came in second at two hours and ten minutes while the internet transfer did not finish. <laughs> After having dropped out a second time and not coming back. I love the fact that the pigeon was twice as fast. Yeah, the estimated time to upload completion. Uh, the estimated time to upload completion at one point was as high as nine hours, and at no point did the estimated upload time fall below four hours. So it's literally faster in some parts of Australia to just get in your car and drive the data there. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Uh, a similar pigeon race was conducted in September 2010 by tech blogger Trefort.net and ISP Timico CTO Trefort Davis with farmer Michelle Brumfield in ooh, rural Yorkshire, England, uh, delivering a five-minute video to a BBC correspondent 75 miles away in Skegness. Uh, the pigeon was pitted, which means it's carrying a memory card, with, a three, with 300 megabytes of HD video of Davis having a haircut against an upload to YouTube via... BT Broadband, so British Telecom Broadband. The hmm. pigeon was released at 11.05 and arrived at the loft one hour and 15 minutes later while the upload was still incomplete. Which I'm guessing you can confirm. Um, that the oh, internet can be that bad sometimes. It can Travel be. Travel to YouTube. And like obviously now I pay for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of meg download speed and it's a lot quicker and I've got wired internet going on and stuff. Yeah. So... Yeah, I can't complain too much about my current internet, but my previous internet that I was talking about, you'd get times where just uploads would just be at a standstill. Yeah, uh, my old place where I lived, one of the reasons that I moved out, and I remember I had this conversation with my landlord. So mm. I thought, you like living here, Carl? I do like living here. 
And it's a really nice place. I, I wish I could stay. And so why aren't you? Because bearing in mind, I pay my rent up front. So he's kind of, he was annoyed that he was losing basically 12 months rent in one go. Yeah. And oddly enough, mate, the internet's really slow. Went, it's not <laughs> that bad, is it? I went, I can get 10 meg at best. Um, which for reference, it would take me literally an entire day to upload one YouTube video. I have been in that situation before. You have a 28-hour upload for one single video I've had before. Mm-hmm. And it's just... And then when I move to my new place, I have, I believe, the fastest consumer-grade internet available in Britain. Uh, so it's just over a gig. So I'm guessing there's someone out there who's laughing. Just a gig. But I, I have to have that because I'm uploading hundreds of gigabytes of data every other day, especially now we're recording remotely. Yeah. Like, so I have to upload like hundreds of gig of data for you guys to like get and then download to turn into videos. But thinking, yeah, it's yeah. insane and it's a huge big deal. And I, I literally moved out of my old place, which I really like living because the internet was that bad. That was one of um, the factors for us as well is we could not get faster than the poor internet we had there. Oh, it was like a really that. nice flat and we did need more space for me to have an office as well. So that also was a, another contributing factor. But the fact that I just, I was like, well, I'm trying to start up a, a YouTube channel of my own, but I literally am finding it hard to get up, like videos uploaded. Mm-hmm. It's actively impe- uh, impacting your job. And it was costing me a lot of money because obviously I'd have to leave my like desktop PC on for days at a time, just Blue constantly running. Just to get like a couple of videos up, like, the electricity bill alone was just skyrocketing. It's insane. I love this one as well. Um, there's just a little um, addendum that Winston the pigeon um, got a lot of fans in South Africa for like basically shitting metaphorically and presumably literally all over telecom. And there's a response <laughs> that internally, um, guys I, higher ups at telecom are like, well, it's clearly not an average pigeon. Has anyone checked? Um, has anyone checked the pigeon for steroids? No, no. The internal rumors that executives try to like downplay it by going, "Well, maybe the pigeon was on steroids." Like, it's not a an average example of a pigeon. It's like, yeah, no, it's a, a specially bred racing pigeon designed specifically for this task. But I'd argue that that's what the internet is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, oh man, that's great. So yeah, Winston the pigeon, what a ledge. Got Super fans on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter. Super pigeons. It's just the fact that it's quicker to do it by pigeon. It's quite. It's quicker to drive. What does that say about the internet, man? It's quicker for me to drive to your house and give you a USB stick than it is to upload it to the internet. Oh god, that's. It's crazy to me that it's, that's even an option. Yeah, well, that's what they did. Like I said, with that um, uh, stitching that photo of the black hole, where it was petabytes of data, and it'd be literally cheaper, quicker and more efficient to just load up a plane full of hard drives and fly them across the country. Yeah, yeah. Rather than try and upload these one by one, because fucking hell, <laughs> it's taking a day. That, I cannot fathom how long it would take to upload all those pictures. You think that's as well, that's the government. That's like the government's got access to like the absolute best top tier god internet ever. Exactly. Even they thought that. But um, yeah, that's a, a pretty strong look for the pigeon. The pigeon yeah. is faster than the internet car. It is. Then there's the title for today's <laughs> episode. Pigeons are faster than your internet. Because, yeah, they can be. They can be. Super useful. 
Uh, everyone go and just campaign to get Fiber Optic put everywhere now. Like, please. It's the best. Oh, God. I can't cope with the amount of, uh, like, flats and houses I was looking for. That was like, yeah, fast internet is not available. 20 meg is the best you're going to get. So I'm not moving in. It's like, I, I'm not, I can't go there because I'll end up with the exact same problem I had in the previous flat. What I would love to do, though, is be a fly on the wall of um, like the old crusty landlords. Like, why can't you rent my flat out? Yeah. How many viewings you had this week? Like, three or four? Why is no one getting it? Well, they all ask about the internet. Who cares about the internet? Because you can imagine an old person being like, can't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. It's a nice house. I've redecorated it. Yeah, but it's got bad internet. So they don't want to live here. It's like, why do they care about the internet? It's like, man, you don't understand. I had that exact conversation with my family of just, oh, oh well, uh, you know, talking to like my parents, my aunties and uncles, just mentioned it. I was like, yeah, one of the reasons we were looking to move is because of the internet. Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm trying to like upload and download videos and stuff. Like, I, it's not fast enough. I'm trying to like get into YouTube. It's like, yeah, but it's internet. It's it's fine, isn't it? Just like it'll take a little bit longer. I was just like, no, like trying to explain my upload speeds need to va- like drastically improve. Oh, when they look at you like that, and well, they'll like, look at you like it's a stupid or petty reason to move. Yeah, it's just like, oh well, why does it matter? It's just internet. It's like, no, no. It's not. Like, I get for most people it is, but I'm now streaming on Twitch. I had to start only when I moved into this flat because I couldn't stream. Well, it's that same thing. My old place, when I tried to stream, uh, it was almost impossible. Like, I literally could not stream or do anything like that, which is like something I am basically required to do for my job because I have to have some semblance of like outward-facing like public yeah, yeah. presence. And I cannot do that. And I have to, that's one of the reasons we ended up with the big wangers officers. Because mm-hmm. I looked and went, look, we, can, we need somewhere we can guarantee where one, we can just upload these videos because we're dealing with hundreds of gig of data a week. Mm-hmm. And we need to sort it out. And it sounds so petty. And so you think, that's oh, my job. <laughs> I've got to take it seriously. Exactly. And if you don't it's take it seriously, fun. then it's all going to go downhill. I just found that very funny. It's like, yeah, it's quicker to have a pigeon. Turbo. <laughs> like, the pigeon's faster than the internet, man. Like what? Like, so let's do it before we go out. What is the worst internet you've dealt with? Because I think in America, they because there's basically it's a monopoly over there, a duopoly. Everyone hates Verizon and AT and T. Isn't there? Like, is it Comcast or something? Like yeah, that? that's it. Comcast as well. Yeah. So like, there's a couple. There's like three or four big companies who own everything, and they're all terrible. Uh, but over here, we've got a few more. Do you want? And the one that I hate the most is BT. And BT's internet's not even that slow, but it pisses me off because it's BT. And yeah. BT for American stands for British Telecoms. And the way I heard this summed up is a rant by um, a friend of mine in Scunthorpe, where he was like, he was arguing over the phone of like, why can't I get fast? Why can a like Virgin offer me better internet? Mm-hmm. He goes, well, that's just as fast as our things. He's like, you're BT, you own the lines. That's the thing how, is they own how the infrastructure. Can, you own the infrastructure that provides the inter- How can you be undercut? And that's what he couldn't understand. It's like, I'm being offered a better, cheaper alternative from a company that has to pay you to use the lines you yeah. own. How are people undercutting you? And he couldn't understand it. And I think that's why it frustrates me so much that the people who own the infrastructure, so the, the Americans, like the way um, internet works over here is you have to pay like a line rental fee. Yeah. Because all the internet infrastructure, unless you've got what I have right now, 
which is special fiber optic internet that was put in by a private company. Mm. So they don't have to pay that fee. You have to pay a line rental fee to BT, even if you don't have a BT internet connection. And yet, even with the addition of that fee, companies can still undercut them. It's bizarre to me. Like, how do you undercut the people who own everything? Like, how would BT not just the ubiquitous option? It's so, it's so ridiculous. So you think we own it all, we don't have to pay a line rental because it's ours, and they're still shit. Yeah, and uh, I will say shout out to, like, Virgin for their scumbag move of, oh, well, I want the best internet possible. Okay, well, we can offer you the uh, TV and broadband package, and it'll oh, give you, yeah. like, uh, 500 meg download speed or whatever. Okay, well, I want that internet speed, because that's the fastest you can offer in my area. Uh, there's no, like gig internet available in my area yet mm-hmm. but it's still like that's really but it's really still good. like you know good enough speeds for even what like they're it's, doing it's good enough it's like like computers don't go that fast yeah and um it's like okay well i i just want that internet i don't i don't want to pay for the tv so i don't pay for tv i pay for like you know netflix and subscription services mm-hmm. and watch youtube and no no that Speed can only come with the TV package. Because they know that the people who'd want that speed are younger people who yeah. are mostly going to be called cutters. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or another way to put it is they don't fucking watch TV because it's ridiculously expensive. Exactly. So they bolt it on and they don't offer the a la carte option. And it was, oh, well, if you want just internet, you can go down to like the 300 meg option. I was like, but I don't want that option. I want the fastest you can get. So I get the fastest upload speed possible because that's what I'm asked about. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, you can't that. have that. You need it with TV. Yeah. We've like, got a friend who happens with him, did he, where he got offered, it was one pound. Yeah. One pound extra on your bill and you have like 500 channels. He said he watched it for about four days before realising, the fuck am I watching ads for? Yeah, yeah. I've got Netflix and everything else on my computer. And even for the cost of literally a pound, it's still not worth it. It's not and because that... why would you bother having your like, watching scheduled for you when that's not how TV works anymore. That's not how viewing things works. It's not. And you can tell that the companies who do that are fucking terrified. Yeah. Which is why they keep jacking up the price or doing that and like forcing you to um, get uh, the service bundled in. And that reminds me a little bit, but since you mentioned YouTube, do you, are you aware of a service called YouTube TV? Um. Okay. So I have heard the term YouTube TV. I do not mm-hmm. know what it is. Okay, well, let's find out then. We can just we can double check. We can go on Wikipedia just to get a clarification for it. But it's uh, first, that's the first thing we'll do. So, so YouTube TV is an American over-the-top internet television service that offers live TV on-demand video, cloud-based DVR for more than eighty-five television networks. It's owned by YouTube, understandably, a subsidiary of Google. Uh, YouTube TV's lineup consists of major US networks such as ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, Fox. FX, AMC, CNN, Fox News, TBS, Discovery, Comedy Central, and ESPN. And the operative word in that is ESPN, because it does sport, and it's one of the few options you have in the United States to just have a comprehensive service that offers all the live sports. Oh, okay. Um, something. And Lucas, what's been happening recently in the world? Um, COVID? Yeah, so what's not been happening? Oh, sports. Yeah, yeah so... That to you, what does that say? If you are a service, if you are offering a service that most people, not most, but a lot of people use purely for its um, live sports coverage, what would you do at that point? I mean, I would cancel. 
No, I mean, like, if you were the company who offered oh, that, and you, know company. that and you know that a large amount of your user base relies or mostly use it just for the sporting coverage that it offers. I mean, off the top of my head, without really thinking about it, I'd probably just offer people a discount. Yeah, or maybe just um, try and get some other content. Maybe, like, try and score a few movies. Yeah, exactly. It's one, like one way or the other. Like, either adjust the content to bring it back up to value... Or adjust the value while you're losing content. Yeah, well, YouTube didn't do that. Instead, they raised the price by a third. Oh, of course they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the price is, I shit you not, $64.99 a month. What? Yeah. What? So let's get that into pounds for Brick. So $65 then. I'm going to say about 50 quid probably. Let's just get an exact figure though, based on today's exchange rate. So that's 52 pounds sterling per month. Fuck me. For a service that the primary use of it is being basically useless because there's no live sports. But Carl, um, they're showing like simulations of sports on sports games instead of actual sports, right? Here's the thing to, here's the thing to clarify as well. If you buy YouTube TV, you might think, well, it's Google. Surely that's like a bundled thing where maybe you get Google Play with it as well. Google Muse or... Um, or like yeah, YouTube maybe. Premium. No, you don't. YouTube Premium is a separate service. What? So is Google Play. So all in all, you're paying, what, more like $90 if you wanted yeah. all of that? Yeah. And so for, think for the same price, Netflix. Like that's Netflix over here is like seven, eight pounds. Uh, the basic one is now like eight pounds, yeah. So we'll go for eight pounds. Um, Disney Plus, it's about uh, ten a month. I think it's like five pounds a month. It is, yeah, if you've got the good deal, so five pounds. So let's call. Let's just raise the price, though, so it's ten for Netflix, a fiver for let's say it's ten for Disney as well. So that's twenty quid so far. Okay, yeah. Um, what other ones do you want to throw on top of there? Uh, so you got Spotify. That's another tenner. Spotify a tenner. Say Amazon Prime. Yeah, so, so you got Prime Video. A, yeah, that's another tenner. So that's forty quid. Um, and then you get maybe HBO. Crunchyroll. Crunch. I've got yeah. Crunchyroll, so yeah, we'll say that. Yeah, Crunchyroll's free. Uh, no, it's like I, I pay like six fifty a month for premium. Okay, so you don't ads. So. so that's all your anime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can get all that for the same price. Wow. And understandably, almost immediately, um, like they wiped off like several million dollars of their market share <laughs> because they did. They did that thing that companies always do. And they do stuff like this, where they sent out that email, that helpful email to let people know. Oh yeah, we're helpfully raising the price by thirty dollars overnight, oh. and we'll start charging you that amount from next month. Oh, that's rough. Because if it's like I got a, an email this morning of like my tariff for my energy, like it's going up by like one and a half percent. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it, yeah, that's fine. It means I've got to pay like an extra four pound a month. But if they said, yeah, we're raising it by thirty percent, I would immediately start thinking about getting another energy carrier. I'd be like, yeah, let's look somewhere else, shall we? It's like, what a great move! Like the one, th the one selling point of our service isn't available. No one's got any fucking money. Let's tr let's raise the price by a third. Yeah, that's another part right now is a lot of people are like furloughed or have lost the job and the economy's going down the fucking drain and YouTube go, pay us more money for less. Oh, in a, um, so here's a quote. In a company blog post, YouTube defended its decision by announcing the availability of additional channels from Viacom, including MTV and Nickelodeon. Even though that's literally the exact reason people stopped going for cable, 
because it's just, you bundle in all this shit I don't want and charge me a fortune for it. Just let me pick the channels I want. Well, that's what I still see as a guess and advantage is, okay, well, yeah, I have now got to the point where, oh, well, it's not just Netflix. It's like Amazon Prime and, you know, Crunchyroll that I'm paying for. So that's three different services. Some people are paying for more. And it's like, okay, we are getting back to that point where we're paying a similar price to what TV bundles are. But at least I can choose what I want and cancel each individual thing on a monthly basis. Yeah. And there's a fair warning about it. It's like, again, it's a la carte programming. It's the number one reason that streaming services took off so fast. Yeah. It's because for so many years, um, cable companies resisted the idea of like, they never offered the a la carte option of, I want, for example, I want movies and I want sports. And I don't want... 50 fucking sporting things. I just want, say, the football or yeah. the basketball or whatever it, whatever happens sport you happen to watch. And over in the UK, I think this is a huge problem for sports fans. And I feel so bad for sports fans. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it used to be that the British Premier League, um, so the Premier League um, would air on either. It was split evenly, I believe, between ITV and the BBC. Um I believe, like, way back in the day, yeah. Yeah, which are two channels every household in the United Kingdom can get. For free. For free, yeah. Uh, you still have to pay TV licence, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. But, um, yeah. Basically, anyone in the UK can watch that. And every, uh, very slowly, they've started selling them off to different things. And I think if you want to watch every match in the Premier League or the Europa League or any... like Different leagues have been sold to different channels, but then... So, yeah. They, because of a weird, obscure uh, rule in the UK about you can't, some games have to be broadcasted so everybody can watch them. Yes. Yeah, so, so the, um, the final always has to be on public television so anyone can watch it. So the, the final always has to well. be on the BBC. The World Cup and the Euro tournaments. Yeah. Uh, Whereas England's national team, they so have it, to be on free channels. But the problem with that is, like, oh, only the final has to go on. So if you want to watch the final, you can watch it on one. But if you want to watch the other matches, you might have to go get one streaming service, but then let's say one of the teams in that has signed an exclusivity deal with another streamer. And um, then you, to, so you can end up having to pay upwards of like £100 a month during the, like the football season yeah. to watch every match. So the way it works currently, I believe, is you have, as I mentioned, like the England national team, I think all has to be on free TV. It does, club, yes. But club sports is split now between... Um, BBC and ITV, uh, Sky Sports, which you have to pay the the big bundle where it includes yeah, sports and, and kids and extra, and that's where the thing et cetera, comes et cetera, in. Then Sky, also there's BT Sport and now Amazon as well. Yeah, because that's the thing. Say if you want to get Sky, that's our equivalent of say, Verizon or AT and T. Yeah, um, you can't just say I want to just get the sporting channels. No, you have to get the sport bundle. But to get the sport, uh, but they don't just sell a sport bundle. It's like, oh, you have to get like, the family pack, which includes sporting, kids' channels, and movies. It's like, I don't want movies and kids' stuff. I just want sport. And yeah. they know that people just want sport. So they bundle it with the other shit that they know no one's going to pay for on its own. It's like, this is why people just stream the games. Exactly, yeah. And there's nothing more hilarious um, than seeing just how pathetic and petty these massive multi-billion pound corporations will get over people streaming the football games live mm. online and going so hard against these people of like they're stealing our revenue. It's like you're charging people 
Like if people want to watch, they're going to pay off like £100 a month. That's, that's an impossible amount for anybody to pay. Or to expect them to pay for fucking football. And bear in mind, a lot of people um, will only watch their home team, the team they support. So you might be paying, what, £100 between all the services per month to watch, I think it's like maybe about 50 games over the entire nine-month season. Because you want to support your team. And they know that, and that's why they take advantage of it by saying, now you have to get three different things. Yep. And it's, it's predatory and it's awful and it's really funny to see these companies just screaming and scrabbling for like any sort of relevancy and just trying to squeeze every penny they can out of the remaining customer base, not realising exactly what they're doing is the reason they failed in the first place. And I just thought, like, yeah. you've probably not heard of YouTube TV, so do you know it costs £50 a month? Like, would you pay £50 a month for fucking anything? Um, no. Can you Maybe. think of any... Any service that you would pay that much a month for? Maybe, like, similar to Xbox Game Pass, but if it was a service across, like, you know, all platforms where it's like, pay £50 a month and you can get... Music, you know, gaming, PS4, uh, Xbox and Nintendo games all in one place. Something yeah. like that I might consider. But that thing with, like, the YouTube thing for 50 quid, I think that's expensive, but if they say it's every channel and then you get, like, Spotify or something with it. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy. You don't even get YouTube Premium. Like I've said that. Where I'm on How YouTube. How is that not included? I'm. It's. I'm on YouTube and I'm on that, and I make that company hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> and I know they do because they make double everything I make. Yeah. And I even I don't get given free YouTube Premium. And I know it sounds like a dick thing, but I want YouTube. I want it for free. But you'd think at the very least they'd give it to creators who make the money. Just like for the thing of, oh, let's get some positive mind share. Because then maybe if we give it to them for free, they'll talk about it in their videos. Yeah, because that's essentially, you're not really losing out on that many people. And you're probably putting out essentially free marketing for yourself. But I just found it so baffling that I'm on YouTube and they still want me to pay for it. So I make you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And as well, would that not entice more creators to be on YouTube Premium themselves if they were like, you know, using it and going, this is a good service, I'll endorse it? Mm-hmm. It's bizarre that, to I, me. There's like a couple of things like that where it's like the solution to this would be so simple. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why they don't. Uh, why don't they just give creators over a certain threshold? Like, oh, you get you, we upgrade your account. It would have to be a certain threshold. Like, even say it was, you know, I, which I will admit is a high number for a lot of people when I'm saying this, but even if it was like 10,000 subscribers, yeah, and it's like all those people with a little bit of clout then get YouTube Premium for free where they can talk about it now. Which means that you'd be more likely to stay in that ecosystem. Yeah. Um, whereas now they seem to be going for the opposite route of they just punish you for leaving it instead of rewarding you for staying. Yeah. And that's like a weird thing companies do. And it must work because that's the reason they do it. But like, it's when you go with a bank. Mm-hmm. And you always see the things with banks of, oh, new customers get a better interest rate than people who stayed. So there's no incentive. You could read that as, oh, new customers get this extra bonus. Or you could read it as, there is no incentive to show any loyalty to us as a company. Exactly. <laughs> and you'd and be was- better off, even though it's a pain in the ass, you'd statistically be a lot better off if you... Just bounced between every bank. 
Well, the people who do that. Yeah, I'm sure there are. The people people have got a lot of money and they've got the people like they've got um, like accountants who are well versed in that sort of thing. Do you just transfer their money between accounts to constantly maintain the best exchange rate? Yeah. Because it's good for banks in the short term to get short term investment, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. But it's, there's a quote I quite like where it's the primary purpose of a company is not to create profit, it's to create value. And they sound like the same thing, but they're really, really not. Where they're very different. Pro- profit is short term, value is long term and mm. less tangible. Where, for example, like short term, like what YouTube's doing here, uh, cranking up the price, that does create profit. But on the whole, it lowers the value of the brand. Yeah. Which means it's effectively worth less. Not worthless, worth less overall. Worth less, yes. Because now, Lucas, knowing that, would you ever consider using that service? Um, no, because at any point, they could go from one unreasonable price to an even more unreasonable price. Without any warning. Yeah. And, just, uh, and a very poor justification, mm-hmm. which means that they have effectively lost you as a customer forever, essentially. And yeah, and I'd I don't think I'd, I'd have been a customer in the first place, but now hearing that... It makes me go, well, even if it was to consider it, like, fuck that. Yeah. And that's the problem with Lockwood. They're very short-sighted. And that's one of the reasons we have, we've had. Uh, that's Well, that was the primary cause of the financial crash. Yeah. In the 2000s. Where it was, uh, banks were offering incentives to, um, like, let people working for them get mortgages. Mm-hmm. We want a lot of loans. We want, like, we want to create these profits short-term. But then when people start defaulting on them... Years later, it led to a huge fucking like the bubble burst and it crashed and it nearly destroyed the market because there was no incentive there to create long term value, only short term profits. I believe it was um, a lot of banks like pushing people to get much more expensive mortgages than they could afford, right? Yeah, because in the short term that makes you money. Yeah, but all it did in the long term is like bankrupt thousands, if not millions, of people. Yeah, and yeah. And I've always been baffled by companies are so, so desperate to maintain like uh, the status quo and cling to whatever little amount of relevance they have and, like, make, and just keep making money that they make no concerned effort to do that. And they will do, in fact, everything possible to actively poison their own brand in the mind of consumers to just make a little bit of money now. That's the thing is, is a lot of companies aim for a lot of money now rather than quite a lot of money long term and it's like okay well if, if your business plan is to set up a company for like a few more years and bail out with all the money fair enough but otherwise your company's going to go down the shit sooner or later it's um that's uh, one of the problems with that is it's a lot of companies they place so much value on like um, the quarter reports or even yearly yeah yeah, of how much money we made this quarter, which mm-hmm. is why you often hear like video games, the thing we're most uh, familiar with and um, yeah. like, probably follow the most closely. Mm-hmm. You'll often see like they force games out that maybe aren't suitable for release yet and could probably do with a bit more time in the oven because you don't want like, it, might piss off your fans, but it's, if not releasing it, it's definitely going to piss off your shareholders. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, we didn't have a game for this quarter. So we had to make sure that, or like, you know, the game, the only game we had this quarter was not suitable for release, but it's the only game we had. So we had to just let it go. Just had to send it out. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. that means we're not making money. That one quarter, that three month period. Mm-hmm. And that's when it comes into like, 
yeah, you make a little bit of money in the short term, but you are you're making your brand worth less in the eyes of the public. So it's like a little bit of money now, but no money later. Yeah. And you uh, saw a big change in Ubisoft's business plan in the past year because they uh, presumably pushed out um, the new Ghost Recon game. Yeah, you always hear about more getting pushed out, don't they? Yeah, and I can't even remember the name of the game because it was that bland. But it was the latest Ghost Recon game after Wildlands. And it did so poorly because just the mind share on that game was so negative mm-hmm. that they just they said, we're not releasing games for a little while. We need to make sure everything gets pushed back and has more time. And oh, one game to be able to fail that hard for Ubisoft to go, no, stop releasing games for now. We We've need to change our tactic. We've talked about it before, like Sonic, like Sonic 06. Yeah. Like they forced it out the door just so they could make it in time for like some specific anniversary of the Sonic brand. And it was so bad. We talked about it in a video briefly where it's, it was so bad and so poisonous for the entire brand. Sega removed it from sale. Mm-hmm. Because they looked to it and it is actively damaging to the most valuable brand we own. <laughs> it's like, why didn't you think about that when you're forcing it out the fucking door? It's like, oh, yeah. It's why you you've got to give props to Nintendo. Oh, they they are one company that is very good for pushing back games if they need more time. They understand this because they've got what's known colloquially as the Nintendo War Chest. And if people wondering what the hell is this Nintendo War Chest, because Nintendo as a company, they've got a lot of money. They sold a yeah. lot of Wii's. <laughs> they did, yeah. and, and there are various reports that like they're a very um, private company. They don't often reveal a lot about their, um, their like financials, but mm-hmm. rough estimates have said that the company could operate at a loss of 10 to $20 million a year, every year, for a century, and still, and still have money left. And if they ever push came to shove, they own some of the most valuable piece of intellectual property in the world. Well, they own Mario... Yep. And they own a stake in Pokemon, so that if they ever need to draw one, they could do all that. And they have so much money that they could theoretically just not turn a profit for a century and still exist <laughs> and still have maintain a full board of staff and everything like that. And for that reason, they don't really need to give a shit. Yeah, yeah. And they can push back gains if they want. And um, I always think back to that stock me- stockholder meeting they had, and they had the angry stockholders of like, well, why aren't you monetizing? Why aren't you getting into mobile gaming? Yeah, yeah. To which Nintendo said, well, it's not an area that we feel um, is suitable for the company. Mm-hmm. And you and it's like, I'll, if you can ever track down the um, the transcripts of that uh, that meeting, it is infuriating. Oh, because I can all imagine. The, all the stockholders are asking is, why aren't you monetizing the shit out of all these things that you own and mm-hmm. exploiting your audience for money? And one quote that always sticks in my head is where a stockholder talks about, imagine if there was a Mario mobile game and when a player falls down, you get a pop-up. Pay a dollar to jump higher. Oh, no. And they had this great... Imagine a world where players pay a little bit of money to jump a little bit higher. Wouldn't that be great? And obviously they mean for themselves of imagine the amount of money we make. Exactly. Because, because Nintendo's got so much fucking balls and money. They went, yeah, that'll make you money. But you'd fucking crater <laughs> our reputation, which we have spent literally a hundred years fostering. We have one of the most cast iron solid reputations of any company on the planet. Why would we sell that out 
for a little bit of money now when we have enough money to continue functioning as we are for a century. And that's the thing is, Nintendo are an old company, if people don't know. And I believe it was like um, the late 1800s that Nintendo yeah, was founded games. as a company. They know what they're fucking doing. Like, they have been, yeah, I think they started as a Hanafuda playing card company. Something like that. And but it's, it's... They know how to survive. But it's that amazing thing of, why don't you make a little money? Because the stockholders, they don't care. So no, exactly. They want money they... now, Carl. And they don't care. And that's why you always have these stories of um, billionaire investors. They'll buy a company, absolutely run it into the ground, destroy it, and then sell it off for a profit. Yeah. Like, um, that's why Toys R Us died. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the reason Toys R Us died, people were wondering, it's like, wasn't that a profitable company? It was. It wasn't that profitable, but yeah, yeah, we had a lot of like public goodwill, very memorable, very strong uh, brand recognition, which is, again, that creates value for a company, if not necessarily profit. Um, a big investment firm bought it, and and this uh, this is a thing you can apparently do in the world of business. Transferred all of the debt they'd accumulated from another company to Toys R Us, and then make ask them to pay it back. Holy shit, that's a thing. Yeah, and then when they couldn't pay it back, shut the company down, file for bankruptcy, and wrote it off as a loss. Like, I might be misremembering the exact specifics, but like. Yeah, they saddled it with so much debt it couldn't afford to pay it and then just killed the company to Fucking save money. And that's you, the thing you, you can apparently do. You did mention as well, like, it did have a lot of goodwill and yeah. you saw the level of nostalgia people yeah, Toys had for was Toys R Us when it was dying. I was double and I believe Toys R Us has come back in a small way now. Um, Maybe as, like, a different company technically, but the branding of Toys R Us still. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's crazy. Just buy it, saddle it with a load of debt. When you can't pay it off, to get rid. That's baffling to me that they can do that. Yeah, why not? And um, yeah, if you if you look, there is still a Toys R Us dot com. Um, no, yeah, they still exist. They, they still exist. Capacity. But it did get shut down and filed for bankruptcy, at least temporarily. I'm not sure if they shut down. It's a new company running it or. If they got, like, bought out at the last minute or whatever. Yeah, so here's what happened here, look. So, um, so Bain, KKR, and Vornado, so they're apparently investment companies that bought um, Toys R Us. Okay. When they bought it, it had a debt load of $1.86 before it was bought out. So it did owe money, yeah. but, again, very it's a very valuable company in terms of, like, what it owns. Mm-hmm. It's IP, it's brand recognition, that sort of thing. Yeah. Immediately after the deal... They shouldered it in more than four. Uh, they added an additional five billion dollars in debt. Oh God! So they um, quintupled the amount of debt that it owed, effectively. And for a oh, company sorry, no, already in debt, that's really not a good fucking thing. And here we go. So even though the company generated, and this is why a company can be that much in debt and still, you might think, how can you be one point eight six million billion dollars in debt and still? Exist. It's mm-hmm. because the previous year they generated eleven point two billion dollars in sales. Oh, okay. So that's the thing about like, you can run at a loss as long as you continue creating value. Yeah. And that's how it works. And it says here though, but saddled with its new debt, so this is an article by the Atlantic going into it. Um, Toys R Us was had less flexibility to innovate because then the only thing they can do is try and pay that debt off. And it says here that interest expenses, so not paying off the debt, paying off the interest consumed 97% of the company's operating profit. Oh, shit. So they saddled it with so much debt 
literally almost 100% of the profit it generated until it was um, shut down Just was gone. spent paying the interest on that debt. Jesus Christ. Not even paying the debt off. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, so, and that apparently that's that um, collection of companies. That's all they do. They just buy out companies, give them so much debt they can't afford to pay it, shut them down, and it's like, oh, well, the bankrupt, so we don't have to pay the debt anymore. Fucking hell. And that's what killed Toys R Us. Like, I, I just assumed that, similar to a lot of... Um, just defunct, like, like but yeah, a blockbuster situation. A lot of older retail brands, I just assumed that, oh, that they're earning less money. Well, that's the thing, Toys R Us, like it mentioned in that article, they were innovating. They tried to, and they still had like a lot of value for the public. And yeah. they've got an online store and things like that. It's just that it's very difficult to innovate when, as mentioned, 97% of every penny you make, so 97 cents on every dollar you make, has to go to pay the interest on debt you did not accumulate, that you were saddled with, by another company that bought you out for the express reason of giving you that debt. Yeah. Fuck me. And there's like interviews with the people in charge and said, well, no, it's a, you know, it's a restructuring effort on behalf of us. It's like, no, you did it to fucking kill the company. Yeah, essentially. You can word it however the fuck you want. You've killed that company because you wanted to save money. But at the end of the day, like, oh no, what? People talk about how we're a bad company for a month and then we just kind of let Toys R Us die and, you know, walk away with the last debt. Well, that's the thing as well. Like, all the investment companies that bought it, you've never fucking heard of them. That's by design. Exactly, yeah. Like, by that they don't want to be in the public eye because they don't want any of the negative press like, to stick to them. But again, they can probably not have most people realise what happened. Go, well, oh, we tried to keep Toys R Us alive and then just walk away and no one will know. Well, yeah. Well, I'm guessing you didn't know that they did that. No, like, exactly. A lot of I haven't heard it. of that. Like, the story about them being deeply in debt was one that was like, was the, was the touted reason the company failed. That's what um, I heard, not, yeah. But not a lot of um, stories or news reports went into the thing of why it was in debt. Yeah, yeah. So obviously most articles are, are written to just be an overview of like, look, here's 500 words on why Toys R Us is, is going out of yeah. business. Um, that to me is one of those stories of holy shit, like, you, can't, you can't win. No, I'm, I, that, that wasn't me taking a dig at the people writing articles, but it's so shitty that companies can come in, not get real like backlash for it, and just tank something into the ground that hard. Well, yeah, apparently that's that the raison d'etre of that company. They just the, that collection of companies. They just buy somewhat ailing businesses and just cripple them to save money. It's crazy that they can get away with doing that. And so that reminds me a little bit of a John Oliver piece mm-hmm. where he he talks about something and, he, and like he even says in the episode, "This is a thing I didn't know you could do because it sounds so illegal and so blatantly." It does. Criminal. No, not this. It's another thing where it is. Um, well, that sounds uh, fucking illegal. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie. He's discussing the passage of a law through the courts. Okay. And I think it's something about... Uh, I forget exactly what it is, but it's, it's, it's a, a consumer-orientated um, bill for like, debt relief or something like that. It's one of those things where it's like, this is a bill introduced with the best of intentions to help the public. Okay. To like, avoid this issue. And... It's, and um, the way he described it is this is the thing I didn't know could happen where um, someone took that bill kept the name but changed every single word inside of it 
So it was now about a completely different thing and then passed that bill. What? Like, yeah. that, that sounds illegal as fuck. No, it sounds like something you shouldn't be able to do, but apparently they, just, they take the bill, keep the name, change all the words inside of it, so it's about something completely different, and then get people to vote on it under the original name. But... Yeah. Because that's the thing they have in The Simpsons. They have a moment in The Simpsons where they're talking about politics, and they talk about... Uh, it's the one where they've got uh, planes flying over the Simpson house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talk about, how are we going to get planes stop flying over their house and they have they bump is like a wise and old janitor who says you just need to learn the things way the, the way things work in congress and he tells them what you do is you attach your bill to a bill that cannot fail because no congressman wants the bad press of voting against this very bill and the bill they stick it to is like oh it's the um, housing flight um, altitude ordinance with the um, free flags for orphans bill. oh yeah, yeah yeah and they just staple it to another bill and that's it and that's something they do do in American courts where to kill unpopular bills or bills they don't want passing, just strap them to bills that no one's going to vote for. So that's one of the reasons that uh, Republicans have better hold off um, uh, like healthcare reform and stuff like that for so long. Because, because they just, just change... attach it to something that nobody wants. To vote for, yeah. Although um, during the negotiations process, just make wild demands they know no one wants because then Democrats are forced to vote against it. Because apparently that's just a thing you can do and it's crazy the way it works. It's crazy to me that we still call like what we've got now a democracy. The democratic process. Yeah. It just sounds so blatantly illegal, doesn't it? It like, does. Change... It really fucking does. And it baffles oh, just... me that, yeah, like that we still call the systems we've got in place democracy at this point. Look at that. I'm rev- look at that. Luke's getting revolutionised on I the fucking, podcast live. I hate it. It's not. These are things that happen. It... Every day. <sighs> Every single thing like, happens. A, another thing that seems illegal to me, for example, okay, uh, and we'll just mention it is like, for example, during all this time, it's like, oh well, um, companies are obviously asking for for favors from governments, and yes. it's like one company was in fact, like, or one you know uh, thing that asked for help was like Trump Trump's hotels asking yeah. Donald Trump for tax relief. And Donald Trump can sign off on that. Yeah. And it's like, what? How is that not illegal? How is a businessman running the country, giving himself money and tax relief, not fucking illegal? One of the first, uh, one of the biggest scandals of his presidency, it's weird to say this, but it was um, when he awarded himself the government contract for um, a government event. I forget what it was, but it's like some big government event. And he awarded a Trump hotel, or the Del Lago, uh, is it the Mar-a-Lago hotel? He awarded it to that. Oh, fucking And hell. it was just such a blatant example of, so you're going to charge the government, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, you are going to charge the government for this and make yourself money, and that eventually fell through. But there's so many little examples of things like that. Yeah, yeah. Of um, the big tax relief bill they put through before COVID kicked in. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the stipulations, and it's, again, this sounds like I'm making up. I shit people not, I am not. Like, this is 100% the truth. Um, in the tax relief bill that they touted as this will help the working American. This is going to help the working American, like, the American working and middle class. Right, okay. Um, um, one of these things they added, the provisions, is for people who own a private helicopter to write off fuel. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's like, when you've got a provision like that in place, it's not even, like, that's so blatant, it borders on cartoonish. Yeah, yeah. 
Where it's like, yeah, you can, people who own private helicopters, we're going to give them tax relief. It's like, if you can afford a fucking private helicopter, you don't need tax relief. Working class it's, people, Carl. It's so The good bad. old working class with their private uh, helicopters and jets. I was about to say, like, remember when we told jokes on this podcast? But I, the world has just changed so much. The world's become a joke. It's, it's insane. And I, and I know we've beaten a dead horse talking about people probably like, I don't want to listen to these stories. But, like, they're so absurd like they said they do border on humor yeah and when you say hey it's a, a work this is a bill to help the working american and it contains a provision for people with fucking helicopters and yachts well it's um one thing i often refer back to is like when they were asking um and i'm not saying that like the perfect people but rockstar mm-hmm. um obviously makers of grand theft auto they were like well when's grand theft auto 6 gonna happen they were just like we don't know how we could make America seem more absurd than it currently is. Yeah, it's the same like with Black Mirror. How can we make satire on this shit? It's like uh, Black Mirror, Charlie Brooker. Yeah. Uh, they asked him, like, so with all that's going on, surely you've got a lot of new material? And it's like, honestly, I'm defeated. Yeah. Like, um, there are things that happen in... Ep- like, there are some episodes of Black Mirror that have come true. Yeah, there are, yeah. Like, the episode of Black Mirror, I forget which one it is now, I think the name of it, but it's about a, a literal puppet that ends up becoming the prime minister yes yeah, because yeah. it tells it like it is and he's just an abrasive dickhead Asshole, basically yeah and then it's like donald trump gets in power on that exact platform of just being a an abrasive insulting asshole who's essentially a cartoon figure yep there's this great breakdown from charlie brooker where they ask him well are you going to use donald trump in any way in one of your episodes like you're going to be it's impossible to parody. Like if I would have wrote Donald Trump as he is now in an episode, people would not believe. People would tell me I'm taking the piss. <laughs> I'd have wrote in a man with bright orange skin and candy floss hair, who can barely string a sentence together and sleeps with prostitutes, and actively mocks the disabled on stage, and he and like a, a gold star family, and says all the horrible things that he does, mm-hmm. and then gets elected um, like the president of the United States. You'd say nah. That's never going to happen. You would tell him did. that he's gone too far with writing absurd characters. Yeah, you would be like, there's no, there's no way. Like if, it's just the description of a man with orange skin and candy floss hair. <laughs> You'd never believe it was a real person, and then it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's like, how do you parody something that's so far past the point of regular parody already? It's also as well where it almost feels insulting to try and parody it. Yeah, it does, yeah. Because it's just, it's so actively destroying so many people's lives. And speaking of which, let's talk about the big news story of this week, my friend. Because we can't avoid it. We can't. Like me and you, Lucas, I think, says we love some Smash Bros, right? Uh, is it safe to say that anymore, Carl? I don't know. Is it safe to say that I love the video game Smash Bros? Uh, it's very strange, isn't it? So, Lucas, would you like to just clarify for the audience um, what specifically you're referring to. Oh, boy, is this one a doozy. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to word this. Um, so bear with me. Well, these, like, why, why, why the you the think easiest something way like... to say it is just, okay, well, there's been a lot of things that have happened in the past that have come out in the past week or two about yeah, in... very numerous players within the Smash Bros community. Yeah, and it's a it's a a symptom of a wider issue that has been that's thankfully um starting to be addressed at the very least brought to light. That's yes. I mean, other industries started obviously with the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. 
um, went in Hollywood and the Harvey Weinstein, uh, Weinstein Weinstein. Do you know what? I don't give a fuck if I mispronounce his name. The guy's a dickhead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it's uh, recently was the world of pro wrestling. Yep. There was a, a miniature me uh, two movement in there, and then it that moved on to Twitch. The world of Twitch streaming, YouTube personalities. Hey and guys, we talked about that what last week? Yes, we did, and um, that's to do with like more specifically around the area of racism, but there was still bubbling under the surface more problematic individuals who like sexual assault, like mm-hmm. generally being a shit to women. Yeah. And yeah. this week it's be- it's even more condensed and just laser focused on specifically one element of the gaming scene, which is the Super Smash Bros. video game. Uh, yeah, and the community that envelops it. And I think the maybe not the reason it's happening, but one big part of the um, the difference with this is the Smash Bros. community, because Super Smash Bros. is like a much more lighthearted game, has a lot of younger players in it. Yes, it's also as well because it's a Nintendo game. Yes, it's quite. It's a very open mm-hmm. game. I wouldn't say an open community, no. uh, given what I've heard about it. But something we need to clarify before we even begin talking is that I am probably going to laugh a lot, but that's because I'm laughing at the absurdity of the situation. I'm in no way yeah. um, belittling or um, minimizing um, the abuse and the things that people have suffered at the hands of these awful, awful people. It's just the only thing I can do is laugh because of how ridiculously absurd some of the situations are because we we got to a point where I would message you, Lucas, mm-hmm. and I was saying, I genuinely thought a news site had changed its header image yeah. to something else because I saw the headline of popular Smash Bros player accused of sexually assaulting a minor. Yeah. I thought, didn't I see that headline yesterday where it had a different image? No, it's a new headline about a different player and the same accusation being levied against. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and, and I think within the last week, there's been cases... Multiple. There's been cases upon cases of specifically, like, you know, being... The abuse and... Abuse uh, and like exploitation sexual of harassment children. of minors, yeah. Yeah, children and teenagers. Yeah. And um, uh, it remind. And speaking of, like, the world, it's, it's impossible to parody the world anymore. Um, like, it remi- like, seeing those headlines back-to-back on the same newspaper reminded me of that amazing Onion headline that they would put out, and they continue to put out every time there's a mass shooting in America, which simply reads, there is no way to stop this, says, only nation on Earth where this regularly happens. Yeah. And it's the same headline every single time. It has the same, like, two-paragraph um, uh, write-up below it, mm-hmm. just with the number of people killed and the area it took place and the date changed. Oh, right, yeah. And then they'll change the image to a image of, you know, whatever the recent tragedy was. And they upload that every single time there's a mass shooting in America, and it never stops being just so laser-focused on the issue. And again, it's like it's one of those macabre things where you can't you can't help but laugh at it at the absurdity of when you go into the archives and you see three hundred examples of that exact headline with a different image under every single one of a different mass shooting that took place, and it's that dark humor aspect of it's really this bad. It is that dark humor aspect, and again, we don't want to laugh in the sense of like trying to. Uh, you know, alleviate how serious this is. Yeah, this is a very serious topic, and I want to just get that out of the way first. Like, this is um, it's more the situation, and the and just 
how ridiculous it sounds. Like if you told me this would happen last year, I was saying that Donald Trump thing of if you told this story to me as it happened, very matter of factly, mm-hmm. I would think it would be ridiculous. Like there's no way, there is no way there is going to be a one week period in 2020 when five different high profile Smash Bros players are all going to get accused um, simultaneously, but at the same time differently of abusing children all at the same time. Yeah. I'm, and then that happened. I will say that uh, there's been maybe, yeah, five, six big top name players, but also there's been a long list that you sent me yesterday oh, of yeah, yeah. maybe, what, 30 plus people that have been accused of separate different like assaults and harassment and et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Just everything ranging from this person sends creepy, weird PMs Yes. DMs to um, girls to, oh, yeah, they raped me when I was underage. Yeah, to, and, like, literal sexual assault, yeah. And the reason like, this cracked me up so much, again, like, not minimising um, the abuse, it's just, like, the absurdity of the situation where um, there were three different examples of... I don't know what the first name... I think it was the guy who runs Evolution... Uh, Mr. Wizard, I think he goes by online. And that's Evolution is the biggest fighting game tournament on Earth. They're going to do an online version of that. Yeah, so what um, is referred to as like Evo 2020, yeah. And I believe this might have been the the, stru- the proverbial straw that broke the metaphorical camel's back in case mm-hmm. I'm using... So I'm probably using one of those words wrong. If I'm using them both, at least I'm half right. <laughs> and it was... He was accused of... And again, the, if you told me this had happened, I would laugh at how absurd it sounds it sounds so fucking creepy mm-hmm. and it was he would pay young underage boys at taking part at evo to strip to their underwear and jump into swimming pools yep and you say that if you like and you, if you told me that someone was doing that i would be like that is the creepiest fucking like because it's such a specific thing it is, yeah. To yeah, make yeah. people... It's not like, oh, he was creepily leering at people in a pool. Like, no, I paid young boys to strip off... Like, oh, wait, I don't want this sound about that. This guy paid young boys <laughs> to strip down to their underwear and jump into a pool and swim around. It's like, that's such a weirdly specific, creepy thing to do. And the fact that yeah. there were like 20 different corroborating reports of, yeah, he made me do that. I thought that was strange. Yeah, and... Unfortunately, like, even if those people did think it was strange, like, he ran a company that ran the biggest fucking fighting game tournament in the world. And being put under that pressure, especially at that age, of like, oh, the the head of fucking Evo mm. is telling me and giving me money to do this weird thing. I guess I'm going to have to do it, otherwise I'm not going to come back to Evo. Yeah, and it's uh, as well as all those plausible deniability things where each individual action is on its own not illegal, but it all adds up to behaviour that is probably like something you shouldn't be doing. And then there's other things you've been accused of. But it's yeah, like, there are other things. And to be uh, clear about it, uh, Evo 2020 got cancelled like within the 24 hours this all came out. He was yeah. fired as CEO of the company uh, without pay as well, which is the nice yeah, thing. About yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact it went on for so many years, and that appears to have been like uh, what opened the floodgates, and then it sent it on the Smash community. And I think it was a commentator. Is it D One? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds yeah, he right. Was, he was accused of raping an underage girl, and this is why I want to bring this sort of like this 
of this the hyper specific thing that happened that made it so just like darkly amusing which was guy gets accused of horrible act of assault or harassment mm-hmm. immediately denies it yep other people see that they're denying it get annoyed because the same thing happened to them and didn't realize that they were the only uh, didn't realize that they weren't the only victim corroborate the woman's story guy admits it steps down and, and this that has happened been on loop for the past a week and a what, half. few days. But yeah. what really cracked me up is the, the 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 thing we can focus in on is the player zero. Yes. And let's just get his name because I'm not gonna say because I it's not really that nice is, that. is like preferred tag to go by in the Smash community. Yeah, and as well, that's not his name. And fuck him, he's a sex predator. So he is zero. Yeah. An admitted one as well. So for people, you know, he did admit it. So we have. Multiple also as well. corroborators, and then yeah, he did come out and admit it eventually. Also, as well, I want to go like big props to all these new sites that are using the literal worst possible photo of him because fuck him, he's a sex predator. <laughs> you don't get anything. Yeah. Like, so we have it. His name is Gonzalo Barrios, uh, born in 1995. He's a Chilean former, I like that former professional Smash Bros. player, player and streamer. So he was considered the best player, uh, the best Super Smash Bros. for Wii U player in the entire world. Yep. So he's like well, he's one of the most well-known um, figures of the entire community, and um, he is yes. The reason this story is like a, I want to fo- I want to like this one I want to talk about is because after some of those so he just mentioned like those high-profile Smash Bros. players got called out, denied it, had multiple people corroborate the accusations, immediately admitted it. Uh, he, for some inexplicable reason decided to tweet out something along the lines of, oh, I can't believe all these accusations. Like, yeah. the, commu- the community can be better than this. We can move on. We can like grow stronger from it. To which someone responded, the fuck are you talking about? You're just as guilty as these guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm paraphrasing here, but the conversation then went from him. Uh, like, well, he denied the allegations, said they're categorically untrue. Um, this resulted in the same pattern we've already discussed multiple times. More people came out and corroborated the exact things he was accused of. He changed his story and admitted to some of those things, which resulted in more people getting annoyed. Yeah. More people coming out, corroborating more of the story, and then ended with him admitting it. And the reason that story to me is so fucking fascinating is because if he'd have just shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. if he'd have just shut his fucking mouth, and just put out a generic statement of um, it's not my place to speak, or like, I believe the victims, or anything like that, he would have probably been all right. Even Which is obviously, that's not a good just thing. just did nothing. If, like, doing nothing would have literally been the better solution, but for some reason, his ego couldn't not let him insert himself into that conversation when he knew, he knew he was guilty of the same thing or worse. Because that's the uh, thing we, is, obviously, I, I've seen... A lot of people in the, you know, on Twitter and stuff and on Reddit talking about this going, oh, well, you know, at least X player hasn't been called out. I like that player. And it's gone from like, oh, well, you know, at least it wasn't Nairo and then it was Nairo. At least it wasn't Zero. He's a good guy. Then it was Zero. It's, oh, God. And just having the ability to know what you've done and still come out to bat for your fucking self. 
Yeah, after you've seen every... And you can look and see every time this has happened. Every yeah. single time that this has happened, the person's been like, it's been corroborated by like a dozen extra people. And they've immediately... It's like, how bad? Yeah. How, how, how did you do this? How did you not do it? And that that's another part that I want to talk about. It's like, not only... Like, fuck the people who did this. Fuck the people that allowed it to happen and probably help them bury it under the rug. Well, yeah, there's all sorts of, like, really creepy stories coming out of, like, there's a house. I think it's, like, called the Sky House. Uh, the Zero was in, yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, loads of underage people were there along with, like, fully grown adults. And there was drugs and sexual abuse and all sorts of things. And we can get these specific accusations here that he himself has admitted to, mm-hmm. uh, which include messaging a underaged girl who was 14 years of age in a sexual manner. Yep. And generally being a weird fucking creepy asshole towards women. Yeah, and then, like, having a girlfriend who was, like, 15 and sexually abusing her. And just generally using his position of authority and, I guess, seniority in the community that he was a really, really big player in. Yeah. Just take advantage of women. Underage women as well. Yeah, when we say the ages of these people, he was, I believe, at least 19 when all of these happened. Oh, yeah. Super illegal. And, uh, like, you know, a legal adult with 14, 15-year-old girls. Like, it's it's not as if they were both teenagers at the time or anything like that, which doesn't make it much better even still. Even if it was the same age, it's still like he's in a position of authority. And he's still sexually abusing people. It doesn't make it much better. And there's other stuff such as, oh, yeah, um, he was, like, gaslighting people. Yeah. And just generally making like destroying their self esteem. Like there was a girl. Like it's the stories are awful. And if you've like you've got a strong stomach for it, I'd recommend leaving. It's just the macro level of just being that much of a fucking moron. Uh, seeing all this go down, I think I'm going to insert myself into this conversation when I know I know I have just as many skeletons in my closet. Yeah. And not thinking. Do you really want to come out and bat for yourself and risk that? And I will say I hope that regardless of whether he said something like the people ended up having the courage eventually to talk about it. Like I would hope that even if he didn't speak out, they would have got caught out eventually. That's the thing, though. I would. I don't know if he would have because like I, I said, don't know. Um, I don't know if he if he'd just shut the fuck up. And that seems to have been the case with a lot of these um, uh, accusations. And then the eventual corroborating evidence that resulted in them backing the fuck down. Yeah, it was just like anger, like justifiably so. At just seeing how blasé people were being about it. Like, in his case, where he's sitting there all high and mighty, talking about how the community can be better, and then when he gets accused, immediately denies it. And then other and people then, go, no, wait, fuck you. I mean, it's that seeing that thing of like, no, I know he's, he did it to me, yeah. and maybe I wouldn't have said anything for but now I feel, I'm so angry. And that's proof that spite is the number one driving factor that can, like, you know, bring change to the world of just fuck this guy in particular bollocks to him I will also say you know he's a person who knows that he's got a big fan base and a, a small I imagine a small vocal minority of those people um, immediately came out in his defense. to bat at his defence and then it's like well there's no proof she's lying Etc. 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 She wants clout. She wants to get big. 
Like, fuck that shit. If someone is willing to come out and put their name on the line to say these things about somebody in that position of power... So he's got literally a million followers. Those people, as we've mentioned, I think it was last week, do not come out on the good side of things. No, even when they're right. Yeah. He admitted to it, and people are still harassing the girl who originally accused him. Exactly. And he admitted that he's wrong. And um, I saw a a small um, uh, microcosm of this. And uh, Lucas, I think you noticed it, like when you just went to check Twitter. Yeah. And um, I just, I tweeted out very vaguely about this. The same way, it's the exact same situation we had last week where I tweeted out very vaguely about all the YouTubers like randomly just saying the N-word and putting blackface on. Mm-hmm. And I spoke so vaguely about it because there were so many examples of it happening. And someone somewhere took that as a direct insult of someone that they like. Yes. And um, when I, I tweeted out vaguely about all this stuff happening in um, the, the Smash Bros community, I got a very angry, not, I don't want to say angry, but I just think like, a weird response of, well, Zero may have done bad things. And I think they could have just left the tweet there. And then they add to the end of it. But at the very least, he didn't tell, he told his fans not to harass his accuser. Do you mean the and, accuser that he's already harassed? Yeah, by proxy, because he knows that when he retweets them denying their allegations, he's got, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But it's just like, my brain broke for a brief moment. And I just looked at that and thought, who wakes up in the year 2020, 2020, the year of our Lord and Saviour, Sakurai, logs on to Twitter, mm. sees a vague tweet, not even mentioning this dude, and thinks, I know I'm going to defend the actions of an admitted abuse of children. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do today. That's the he hill may- I'm going to down there. He's like, point. he may have admitted to the sexual exploitation of minors, but... At the very least, he told his fans not to harass the person who he knew was right after denying what they said. Oh, and man. I just, I was, I was like taken aback. It's um, it's one of those by the gall. Like, I've seen um, things where it's talking about, you know, um, a lot of like serial killers and stuff in the past, and it's like interviews mm-hmm. with people that met them or knew them. It's like, yeah, but they were, like, really charming and polite people. To me. And it's like, but don't come out and be like, yeah, they were a lovely guy. It's like, no, he's a fucking serial killer. Well, it's, that's a Frankie Boyle joke. It's like, you can say what you want about Fred and Rose West, but they had a fucking smashing patio. God. And if anyone's wondering what the joke there is, it's Fred and Rose West, they killed someone and buried them under their patio. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I get it. There's a humanity in everybody. And everybody has the opportunity to change. But like, within literally a day of the announcement where he admits, yeah, I um, sexually exploited and took advantage of children and minors, your response to that is, yeah, but... Like, no, nah, don't say the word but. It's like, no, no, don't, no, and it, no, delete. And it's, and it's very, very telling that your first response to this is not um, like uh, solidarity with the victims or disgust at it's the actions of the person. It is doing... to attempt... The very best you can to, like, find some good part of this awful thing that he's done. Yeah, it's, it's an attempt immediately to minimise what the person did or try mm. and cast them in a more positive light. Yeah. And that's a very telling thing about people's personalities. It's like, is, why is that the first place your mind went to when you heard this story? 
Now, why is your first response to hearing this story not about that? God, that's awful. Because that's what my first response is. My first response is fucking shit. This is terrible. Why is everyone so trash? It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, well, at the very least, he didn't do insert thing that would be really terrible. And I will say, like, I've seen, a, I don't know whether this was like, you know, conversation with you or not, like a message with you or not, but um, I've seen people just like, oh, yeah, well, at least in the Smash Bros. community, this has been less of a controversy than the fact he played Diddy. The fact that he just played as Diddy Kong in Smash 4, that was a bigger controversy than him being a sexual fucking predator. Yeah. It's like, how? How? Like, more people in the community have given a shit about that. It's like the thing of um, when the Evo was cancelled. I was upset. Like, you know, in that small way, like where it makes you feel guilty for being upset. Oh, I was looking forward to seeing... Like this go on, but I understand why it's cancelled because like the brand is poison now. Yeah. The amount of people who their first response is like, "Well, yeah, why are you cancelling it though? It's only one guy." I mean, it's like, the guy that runs the run the entire thing brand and like, company. It's like, are you so fucking just selfish and just? Unable I mean, also, to I would have loved to see Evo try to continue with every single company, but the fuck out immediately. <laughs> That was the best fit. Every single company involved, including Main Six, who make them's fighting herds, were like, nah, fuck Evo. It's like, oh, this game that, you know, admittedly, very few people outside of the fighting game community have heard of. Um, it's just, no, even we don't want to be promoted by this fucking brand. It's, it's crazy. And, like, I'm hoping... I, I ex- Here's one of those things where I'm glad like we can go back to that talk about creating value, not profit, mm-hmm. where uh, over the years I have actively gone against a lot of YouTube trends and booked many of them. Uh, so I don't, I'm not really the biggest fan of audience interaction. I draw a very clear line between myself and my audience. And I'm hoping with all these stories that are coming out, we're like, oh yeah, that's probably something all creators should do. Because some people evidently cannot be fucking trusted with yeah. that. And for me, it's just, I just don't like talking to people. And I've that, got enough yeah. mates. I'm old and I've got enough mates. I think that's the weird thing is, obviously, uh, we, we mentioned before multiple times how you get a lot of resistance to the fact that, yeah, I don't want to really talk to, to people online. I, I, as you mentioned earlier, you have that online presence because it's kind of deemed a necessary part of being on YouTube. Yeah, and I also understand that... Uh, boundary needs to be drawn for the sake of my own mental health exactly and um, the reason i mentioned like creating value instead of short-term profit is because part of that has has been me refusing for the most part to accept any sponsorships mm-hmm. and i've often had this conversation with people who maybe don't understand like why it's like why don't you just accept sponsorships because they're offering you like two three thousand dollars for 30 40 seconds work in a video and my response to that has always been that you make me money in the short term but in the long term, all it's going to do is lose my audience. Yeah. Because, yeah. and if I'm open and I'm honest, and I say, even if like some people don't agree with what I say, of like, I don't, my, my audience are not my friends, I'm not going to make you privy to the parts of my life, I'm not going to tolerate you trying to cross the very clear boundaries I've put in place. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, by the same token, I'm being honest about it. And also, here's how much, we've had these amount of spon- these sponsors reached out to us and we've turned them down because I don't want my content to be impacted in any way. Like, people might not agree with what I'm doing, but at the very least they can appreciate that I'm being honest and genuine. Yeah. And that, to me, is more valuable than the money I'd get paid because my hope is that I've 
fostered an audience that will follow me uh, for as long as I wish to continue doing this. And, and I'd there rather is obviously have like an the vocal o- yeah. minority of people that come out and say nasty things, but that is just a, a small contingent of people compared to the audience that you have. Yeah, it is. And um, like my way of thinking about it is I'd rather have an audience that, like a small but dedicated and appreciative audience that will follow me for 10, 15 years in whatever I choose to do yeah. is much better than monetizing the shit out of the audience I have now and then just essentially like alienating people who gave a shit just via um, just the kind of behavior that I've actively like, t- like uh, espoused against mm-hmm. in previous videos. And it's a weird thing to think that why would you not just take the money and run? But yeah, I've, I've always thought of it. I'd rather have um, like a long-term plan in place. And at the end of the day, it's like you you are in a position where, you know, thankfully, in my case, you are helping give some of your friends jobs. Mm -hmm. So, like, for you to turn around and go, well, fuck it, I'm going to spend two years selling the fuck out and bail. It's like, oh, so then we all are left without anything as well. Yeah, you're just left in the lurch. Yeah. And I'm mindful of that fact as well. The same with my audience. Well, yeah, you make me a shit ton of money, but I enjoy making content and people evidently enjoy watching it and listening to it. Uh, hey fans. So surely it's surely it's not going to make me as much money short term, but it is a more stable um, option for myself. Yeah, for and sure. I, and I will and say you can like, even, and I was going to say, but you can bring that back to, you can even see it in the sense of like these weird, like these fucking creepy, exploitative, manipulative assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how it can go through the head of, yeah, I'm going to, what what is it they're doing like chatting up girls and getting nudes or like oh yeah I want to get like the sexual gratification from like abusing the trust of this one fan and they don't in their head ever think that's gonna like cause these people are clearly they have very selfish mindsets oh clearly they, yeah. they very clearly they don't care about other people they only mm-hmm. care about their own sense of self gratification yeah you think with people being that selfish and it goes what we talked about last week of like they're that selfish and that self-centered and they're that just like me orientated they never think what happens if this ever gets out it's a weird yeah. thing that a lot of people don't think about consequences to their actions it's like, yeah, it's just a form of narcissism yeah of course where we've given um a 19 year old um unlimited access uh, unlimited wealth fame and influence mm-hmm. and, it t- and they turn into a dickhead who thought it well, it's what you see about um, a lot of children, like, you know, stars in whatever way, shape or form is their mindset gets twisted so early on that it's like they don't even know how to cope with it. And so many of them either just quit out and just just like I've had enough or fucking spiral at the age of 18. But it's just it's crazy to me. I keep saying crazy, but it's, it's baffling, I should say, to mm-hmm. me that these people who are evidently so selfish um, yeah. and just so unable to even consider the feelings of others that they would actively manipulate and exploit the most vulnerable people and people who place like complete and utter trust in them. Yeah, that's that, the difference is, okay, well, it's one thing, you know, gaining money and popularity when you're young and, you know, having some health problems, like, you know, with mental health or whatever. It's another thing to... Instead, use that power and money to, like, wreck people's lives. 
Yeah. But that's, that's a completely what, different, way more toxic mindset. That's why I'm baffled by it, where they clearly only care about themselves, and yet they make no effort to, um, like, you know, sustain that lifestyle. Yeah. Like, they do things that actively da- will actively damage it. And the only thing I can think is that they're so narcissistic, just so they, be- they could believe their own height, they smell their own farts mm-hmm. enough, where they think, well, I'm going to get away with it, I'm never going to get caught as evidenced by Zero's reaction to seeing all of this, knowing in his head what he's done. Like, even when he sees an accusation that he knows is true. He knows it's true. Like, he knows that this person is telling 100% the truth. He knows that what he did was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he knows that it's the correct. He'll deny it. Because he thinks that people are going to believe him over the other person. It's like, it's, it's, it's an awful, awful way of thinking. It's why I'm so hesitant to even entertain the idea that you should forgive these people when their first reaction is like to deny it and believe that they can get away it's like oh, it's, I don't even know how to form it into words I, like I, the disgust again, that I feel for these people in these kind of situations like okay if, if you've been like a bit misguided and said like a very minor inappropriate thing to make someone feel uncomfortable that's one thing like people can learn but if you're doing shit like this fuck you i never want to hear about you again i never want to see you again like do not give this person the light of day and like, um, because that's the thing it's like uh, my sister is the same age as some of the people coming out these accusations yeah and i know it's a very again it's a, it's a quite selfish way to think but i'd start in my head if i found out that someone had done this to her i'd rip the fucking head off and yeah, shit yeah. down the hole. Yeah. Like, I would probably go to jail if I got my hands on the people who've done this. And I think mm-hmm. to myself, and then I see them, and they're sat, and they're, like, they're going, oh, it's, oh it's, it's so tough. I'm like, I'm really sorry to my audience. I feel like I've betrayed you. It's like, fuck you. Like, it, it pisses me. It puts something inside of me that I don't like about myself, that I would hurt you if I was in, because you were so pathetic a human being. Like that you would exploit people in this way. Yeah. It's, oh, it's horrendous. And it's not funny either. And that's the shame. Because this is a comedy podcast and I've just been like, the last thing I'm like, Arr! I mean, the thing is, it's quite Angry. hard to run a comedy podcast. While in today's climate. 2020 is just getting <laughs> worse and worse and worse. Yeah, but it's, um, I have absolutely no forgiveness in my heart for people. And there's like a couple, like they always say there's, there's exceptions, isn't there, for crimes? Like even within the hierarchy of prison, there is the uh, there's the hierarchy of crimes within yeah. inmates, and I think the the ones where even criminals will kill, like will hate the people who commit the crimes. It's um, abuse of children, yeah, and matricide. Because that's the one no one expects. Matricide, killing your mother. Oh right, okay. So they are apparently the two most reviled, uh, alongside like um, just like your sex predators and your arsonists. People just like kill for no reason, mm-hmm. like uh, matricide and abuse of children. They're the two things in prison. Like if you've done that, like even hardened criminals who kill people will do not hate want to you and put you on a lower peg. Yeah, so I think it's it's one of those unforgivable actions where, like. Oh, it's just that's, I, don't like, I don't even know if I need to explain why it's no, I, I don't think you need children. To, I just want to say, like, I really hope it goes a lot further than all these people just being like outed on the internet. Like, fucking get these people locked up. There should be some like there's criminal cases to be made. For yeah, some of these cases. there is, there is. Especially when there's like literal receipts. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Is screenshots. There's literal evidence. And but, yeah, yeah, don't just go as far as like saying, oh well, we'll stop watching them on YouTube. It's like no, these people belong in a fucking prison. Well, it's um, you can there's a case to be made for the prison of one's own mind, where like a self-imposed one, where it was someone like Zero who very clearly is a narcissist. Who he felt like he felt the need to insert himself into this situation. Okay. Like, there's clearly a part of him that he he feeds off of the in like the uh, the audience and stuff. Yeah. Taking that away from them is like amongst the worst things you can do. But take it away from them and put them in an actual. Oh prison. yeah, that too. <laughs> like do both. But like uh, in that in that Schadenfreude way of just knowing that they're miserable makes yeah. me happy. And at it shouldn't. At very least that. At least that. But like yeah. Don't leave it there. It's like knowing that they're miserable. And I've seen the responses of like, oh man, he suffered enough. No, like that's lit- not how it works, mate. That's the thing of like, he's had literally one day where he's had to deal with the consequences of his actions. Some he's of the people ruined that- people's lives. He's ruined their entire lives. Oh, he had to deal with the consequences of doing that for one day and suddenly it's too much. Yeah, suddenly he really goes oh to- no, he's had enough, guys. He really does go to show how strong some people are. Like victims are like the most the strongest fucking people on the planet. Like not oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, have they dealt with something like so harrowing? They continue to deal with it every day, and then they can sit there like all stoic and with like that quiet dignity as they see the people who did the things to them mm-hmm. break down and become crumpled heaps of humanity. And like, yeah, props props to people like that. Yeah, it's like those, um, again, they're very cathartic in that Schadenfreude way of like, oh, here's a screenshot of, I think the one that went viral recently, it's, oh, this is a police officer or something like that, who'd used his position, he'd like assaulted like several women under his thing. Mm -hmm. Here's a picture of him getting sentenced to 200 years in jail. And it's just, he's in tears. It's like, good. And he's like, oh, no, I don't deserve it. It's like, you do. (laughs) You deserve Every fucking bit of it. It's like uh, I, I, eye for an eye justice isn't exactly the best. Uh, it's not the perfect solution, but there's some scenarios. It's like, ooh, how do you pay for ruining someone's life? Yeah. I, I and it's, and it's difficult. Don't know. It's, a, it's a difficult question to answer. Like you've ruined someone's life. Like their life will never be the same. No, it won't. And obviously, we've talked about yeah. There are so many victims out there that manage to stay strong and. Like maintain their life through it, but the the like the pain and the scars don't go away. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say to all those people out there who've gone through something like this and they keep going, you're a fucking badass. Because judging Way by than I am, yeah. the screeching, harpy like response of the men who get accused, yeah, like you are so much stronger than they are. They are, they are. And um, yeah, it's, like, it's fucking off. I can't believe that this is a thing. I've got fucking like just to have happening. Because it's so, like, why are men so shit? And obviously it's not just men. There are some women out there, like... (laughs) No, look, it's men. No, but I mean, like, literally, (laughs) they're all women being accused this week of shit. Oh, yeah, in the Smash Bros. But it's that thing of, like, I'm speaking to my my experience of, like, every single time I see a story like this, I'm like, why can't people just be normal? Why can't people just make a concerted effort to be nice? It's not even that. It's in the most of these cases, literally doing nothing would have been the optimal solution. And that must. And I've spoke about my. Um, I've got this weird philo- philosophical view on life. 
Mm. Um, where one of the reasons that I'm so I'm so terrified of death, which I think is a very like you know common thing that a lot of people are, is because I worry so much about the my, the last uh, my legacy. Okay. And I think one of the most depressing, harrowing, dark thoughts I've ever had is imagining a world where if like you know the whole um, it's a wonderful life. Of, oh, if you'd never been born. Oh, right, and yeah, you, yeah. And they go around, like, look at all the people who are miserable because you're not there. And I think of situations like this one, where if you would have literally done nothing, doing nothing would have resulted in the world being a better place. Yeah. Like, if you would have, if you would have been removed from this situation, it would have ended better. And that scares the living shit out of me to think of, like, is there moments in my life where that would have happened, where if I'd have not been there... Like people would have had the, like would people have had a good time? Like, do you want to go to a party yeah, or something I'm sure, like that? I'm you sure think? there's little moments like, oh well, yeah, I'm sure I've been like the sad person at a party and put people down a bit before or something like that. It's like but if I, I don't think there's been like a big notable moment where, oh, if I had hadn't been there, things would have gone from bad to good. Yeah, and that's the thing of like when I see stuff like this, and I obviously this is my philosophy. I'm guessing like it's not why it's why they don't think about this. Mm-hmm. But how they can sit there and think to themselves, or like well, obviously they don't. But like if they were in that situation, I could speak to them. I say, like if you literally would have sat there and done nothing, people's lives would have been better. Yeah, like, people's lives would be better without you in it. Uh, no, that, that's I'm out. Yeah, that is like the most terrifying thought to me, and I don't get how. Like you can be so narcissistic to think like, I don't care. I want to do, like, I want this. I want this person. I want sexual gratification from this person. I don't care how much it ruins their life. As long as I get what I want. And it's like, oh, God, no. Yeah, it's Why? disgusting. And I can't, I can't get in that mindset. So I don't that mindset, it terrifies me that there are people out there who can do it. And I'm hoping yeah. now. Oh, I'm guessing that there are people out there now who are now thinking about that. Oh, God, no, Carl, what have you done? <laughs> Because they probably tuned in, oh, Carl's Corner. This would be a fun one. It starts with me having a yell about an haircut. It ends with, <laughs> uh, I lie awake at night worrying about my legacy and oh, whether or not I've made enough of an impact on the world to matter. It's like, oh, God, no, I didn't listen to this to get depressed. Oh, God, this is what 2020 has done to us, Carl. When people will be waking up tomorrow who've had like, the podcast on in the background. They're just going to wake up feeling really sad and not know why. And that's the thing is, I actually go to sleep listening to podcasts to distract myself. <laughs> so I can I can sympathise with the person who put on this podcast and listen to like half an hour of it before getting like... Oh, it's a funny conversation about a haircut. And then just like, you know, coming back out of the sleep, uh, you know, an hour later and go, what the fuck has happened? <laughs> so what, what is this conversation? <laughs> uh, and again, the only reason I'm laughing is because if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying. And I want to bring up that like, we do try our best to keep this a comedy podcast, but like you, you mentioned, um, I think it was last week, and like you've, we've we've had these conversations in the past. Like, okay, they're not fun things to talk about, but I feel like not talking about them is way worse. Yeah, and um, that's why I've um, I always try and frame stuff in a way where you can laugh at it, mm-hmm. where you like you either you frame it from like the, the absurd perspective. Or you like try and get into the mindset of another person, just like um, this, that, or the other. But like, the the reason that I like it is because it's my in my nature 
um, to laugh at things. Yeah. And it's, uh, again, one of my guiding ethos through life has been um, if I, I make one person laugh every single day, um, that I consider that to be a good day because I've made a positive impact on the world. And then I realized um, at one point that doing this was like really starting to weigh on me. And that's mm. when I changed my guiding ethos. So that one person can include myself. Fair enough, yeah. So that's why I often laugh at my own jokes and stuff like that. And I try and make amusing um, scenarios to imagine. Like even and you'll notice that when I'm talking, making up those like little stories, and I'll laugh at it myself because mm. I'm imagining it as it goes along. Yeah, yeah. And, and my uh, thinking about that has always been: if I make one person's day better, and um, they're going to be in a better mood as they approach other people, and that has like a net karma effect because my belief in karma has always been that uh, i don't believe in like you do a good thing and then a good thing happens to you i more believe in the macro sense of if you do good things and put good out into the world uh, just by the fact that people are seeing that positivity they themselves will be more positive and they'll spread that amongst like say like you give someone a compliment and they're smiling they're feeling a good mood they might say to another person and the net karma effect for you being that you just happen to live in a world where there's more positivity because of you in it and you'll see that benefit Maybe not like noticeably, but hopefully just in like an intangible way, the world just feels a little bit better. And if so everyone had that mindset, then I think the world would be overall a way more positive place. Yeah, like you don't have to go out there and like every day make a certain effort. I am going to go and talk to one person, tell them a joke. It's just um, try and do one nice thing. It's why I've adopted the uh, the habit of every time I speak to someone in a shop or something, I always say like, "Have a nice day." It's, it's, it seems like such a simple thing, but not saying that. And we've both probably like worked in customer-facing roles long enough to know that what a good 90-plus percent of people will never give you that kind of interaction. No, they won't little... even just give you a little bit of positivity in like, oh, have a nice day, etc., etc. It's that little moment of positivity, and um, uh, it seems like such a stupid thing. And it's why I have that weird, dumb optimism about me. Mm-hmm. And I always try and make a joke out of everything. And it's, um, it's a, a nasty habit I've formed because I just very quickly, I had like very dark periods of my life where I thought, this is, I, I don't want this to be my life. And I don't want it to be someone else's either. So that's why I made that thing of endeavoured to, at the very least, do one thing a day that makes someone smile or laugh, which is why... I was so excited about when the channel took off because now I've got so many days of good karma built up because <laughs> so many people must have watched those videos and at the very least had a smirk on their face as I said a dumb joke. So I'm sorted. I've got my karma done for the rest of my fucking life. And it's I will great. say, just as a little note, by the way, like I do believe what you're saying and I try to do that as well, but I also will say, like, if you're not having a good day, like, let somebody know. Not a random stranger necessarily but like if if don't be afraid if somebody like a close friend or says oh how are you doing to just say honestly today's not been great i'm not doing great today i don't always have to put on a positive blanket but just try to you know generally speaking be honest and be a good person i feel like talking to me like this (laughs) no no, you don't always have to be happy but also uh, I hope it goes without saying, but um, don't sexually exploit children and minors. I would hope we didn't have to say that on this podcast, but here but we apparently are. we do now. That's a here thing. Here we are, apparently. I can't wait for the Smash tournaments that are coming up of, like, please wear deodorant and also please don't harass children. 
And then next to each other is like levels of importance of things you shouldn't do at a Smash Bros. tournament. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. Oh, it's great. But Lucas, in that vein, is there anything you would like? I, I, I know it's a super fucking awkward thing to do after everything we just talked about. It is, yeah. But you put a lot of effort into making these podcasts a reality, my friend, and you deserve that little moment to be like, yo, this is me, Lucas. Thank so, you. I appreciate it. I am Lucas. Um, I'm Lucas. You will find me on YouTube and Twitch at Legend of Canto. Fuck yeah. And then I'm, what, Canto Legend underscore on Twitter? Where I, oh, that's man, that's where the worst. My normal uh, social media happenings normally are. And yeah, uh, unfortunately, Legend of Canto was taken and... I can't be asked getting it back. So it's kind of legend or just fuck it. See, I might have to try and do that. Um, maybe as a birthday present to my next year, I'll try and reach out to that person and buy you the Twitter profile or something. You can do that. You can transfer them. Yeah, you can, yeah. We'll try. We'll try and get you that. You know what? That's going to be one of your Patreon goals, mate. Help me get my Twitter account back. <laughs> oh, join us next week. You know, uh, Hopefully, people have a better week. Um no, you know what? No, I'm not, I'm not, let's scratch that. There's a saying that I really like. Um, it's, um, have the day you deserve. Mm-hmm.